Today's show brought to you by Lexin Moto, Lexin Moto.com, Lexin Moto on Instagram. For all your badass audio and communication device needs inside your helmet, type in the code word crazy at checkout for 15% off. Also brought to you by Dirty Builds, dirtybuilds.com, and Dirty Builds on Instagram. Uh, for all of your fab work, needs they do everything from frame tabs tank mounts custom sissy bars um that kind of stuff they also do cnc plasma cutting if you want to sign for your home or business and they do custom machine work so hit them up for all of your general all-around cool shit needs tell nick and ron that i sent you uh, also, Bare Knuckle Performance, BareKnucklePerformance.com, Bare Knuckle Performance on Instagram for all of your FXR, Dyna, and newer Softail needs. All the cool shit made in America as always. Alright, that brings me to today's show. Uh, this is a guy that I've been lucky enough to know for a long time now. And uh, we recorded this one at his shop over the summer. The world famous... Chop ahead out of Freetown, Massachusetts. They are cranking out all of the badass custom choppers for a long fucking time now. Um, yeah, man. Check them out at Chop Ahead, chopahead.com, Chop Ahead on Instagram. And now, one of my new favorite podcasts, The Big Truth Podcast. Check this shit out. This guy is, he needs no further introduction. If he was to just get summed up right now, one sentence, he's the real fucking deal. Check him out. Big truth. Enjoy the show. Thanks for your time, dude. Much respect. Hope to see you soon. Peace. Just stop, dude. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> it's on. Um, hold on. Hold on. All right. Now it's official. There we go. All right. Cool. We finished the pre-podcast podcast. Yeah. We got all the corporate semantics out <laughs> yeah, of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but did make up a word. Hopefully, we'll make up one more word. Yeah. Um, yo, so, uh, introduce yourself. Big Truth from Crop Ahead Custom Cycles here in, uh, the lovely and lush Freetown, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the city. Life's been good. Mm. <laughs> it's weird, man, because, like, I never thought, like, I've always been, like, a city dude. Like, you know, I lived in Dorchester, South Boston, lived in Providence, whatever. I uh, lived in Atlanta, lived in Geneva, fucking, and um, lived in Oaxaca, Mexico. Just never thought I'd be outside of a city, and now, being, living three, four years outside of the city, I fucking love it, dude. I'll never go back. Yeah. Especially now with all this fucking bullshit going on. I don't want to be stacked up like rats on anybody, dude, fucking. I like the trees and the the wilderness behind me, that's about it. Yep. Hell yeah, man. I was surprised. One thing I don't like about this place is the beer store up the road didn't have the old English. <laughs> Where I, I figured you'd have uh, a... I got six of them right in here, dude. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> now, now, my love affair with old English has sadly kind of come to an end. I only drink it out of the cans now. Yeah. Because they went somewhere along the lines in the last couple of years, someone in their fucking marketing or whatever fucked up, and they moved from glass bottles to plastic bottles. And I have a general rule, like, 
Unless I am completely 100% destitute and living on the streets, I am not drinking alcohol out of a plastic fucking bottle, dude. That's the line. rule. That's, yeah. that's, that's my same rule. If, yeah. if I'm at a bar or uh, someone's making a liquor run, I'm like, just pick up some vodka or whatever. And they ask what I want, a bartender, a friend, whatever. A- anything that's not in a plastic bottle. Yeah. That's the only rule. And I don't know if it's psychosomatic or real or what, but I feel like it has a fucking gross plasticky taste if, it's, if it's liquor, especially hot alcohol in a plastic bottle. There's something like about it. it something man. seeps in, dude. It's fucking gross. Yeah. So I'll drink every now and then. I'll drink the the twenty two ounce the twenty two uh, ounce uh, uh, cans, but I ain't drinking the fucking forties no more. That's for sure. Sad, <laughs> dude. I heard you. Uh, I heard you mention that on uh, that. I forgot some producer dude. Um, I forgot his name. You guys were in Philadelphia for it, though. Oh, stress. Stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, I heard the, the whole rundown. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, yeah. So when, yeah. I, when I was in the store, I'm like, if they had the plastic bottles. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> they, <laughs> they didn't have, have any. Yeah. No, there's a couple good liquor stores around, but you got to kind of navigate around like the other. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Things are a little one or two step removed, but it's worth it. And, you know, you've, you've been all over the place. You yeah. Know, you know. Yep. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, whatever. I fucked up on time. It's raining today. Whatever. Um, I know. I was very surprised to see you show up. I, cheers to you. Yeah, cheers, man. Trooping it through the fucking downstones to come in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for cutting your day out here. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, no, fuck yeah, man. I, I really appreciate it. No, dude, I know how long we known each other. That fucking, whatever's long clever, enough. dude. Whatever's clever, man. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, dude, so, uh. Obviously, you didn't start in this building. No. And when you started, when I met you, like, 10 or 15 years ago, you were with Jay. Yep. Uh, how'd you get... You want to talk about the beginnings you wanna, of, of Chopperhead? The whole rundown? A quick... So, here's or, or the whatever. thing. whatever, yeah. No, I'm just... I'm not correcting you because it's a <laughs> little known fact. When we first moved out of Boston, we actually were in part of this building. How's uh, that work? I'll, I'll show you later. So... So Chopped started. Um, I was still living in Dorchester, which and um, and uh, which is a borough of Boston. Um, and uh, we started out of a three bay garage in South Boston, like Do- South Southie in Dorchester, like um, right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Are What's they spooning? The yeah, they spoon. <laughs> they spoon and they caress and they and they do that. No, they border each other. You know, okay. So, uh, like, if I walked, if I went out of my house and took a, and walked five minutes to the, took a left out of the street and walked five minutes, I'd be in South Boston. Okay. Um, so, uh, we had a three stall garage in Southie on Gold Street, and the garage doesn't exist anymore. It got knocked down and turned into condos, like because Boston got severely gentrified. Um, and started there because my uh, friend Ken and my friend uh, Jerry, they were old, uh, old school bikers. Uh, they had a spot there and they, they brought me in um, and allowed me to, to work out of there. And um, how old were you at that time? You're probably in your 20s, right? Probably. No. I think you and Nick were like. 33 or 34 when I met you and you were already running Chopperhead for a few years. Yeah. So it started kind of basically in 2000. Yeah, I was 28. Okay. Because we're going on almost 20 years, right? And uh, 
It didn't really start officially till 2001. Okay. But around 2000, the, sh- the, the seeds were kind of being planted. And um, what had happened was, um, got into bikes in the late 90s. Um, the, the thing, I always had a vision in my head of what was a cool motorcycle. And, you know, it's, it sounds stereotypical, but it, it is the real thing. Like, I remember seeing guys on choppers when I was a kid. Yeah. And then... I, when I was younger, you know, I, I wasn't that young. I was in my mid twenties or something when I got into bikes in the, in the, in the late nineties, I was always like, I want to get a bike, but I want what that was. And I didn't quite know what that was. And I was like, looking, I was like, none of these bikes are cool. Like, like that. And then, you know, then I got into choppers and figured it out and fucking whatever. But so, um, what was your first bike? My, my first bike or my first chopper? Your first, like your first actual street driven motorcycle yep just a street driven motorcycle yeah. it was a 300 dollars suzuki savage oh, and i had it for like three months and i was like all right fuck this thing but it was just enough it was like i could pick up a bike cheap and get on it you know yeah uh, that was back in the days when japanese bikes were actually cheap now they're like worth a lot of money for some reason yeah um but uh so i picked that up had it for a couple months just to kind of get my time in on the road some road time because i grew up in the city so i never rode dirt bikes you know a lot of guys have like a yeah. dirt bike history i don't have any of that okay uh, i grew up in the city we didn't we didn't have that shit um and so uh so you know i had that for a couple months and then i bought my first triumph chopper and did you did you actively seek out a triumph because you guys are kind of known to be like well, the, the at, triumph guys yeah first because so what happened basically was so then you know, I started riding, and then, like, Jay was an old friend of mine, and we grew up in the punk rock scene together. Like, my my band, like, my old hardcore band, uh, Jay's brother was the guitarist. And okay. so, like, and that's how I knew Jay from, like, hardcore shows and, and skateboarding and all that shit. And then, so, right around the same time, we all started riding. And then his father was, like, a chopper guy in the 60s and 70s. Okay. And, uh, like, like, the 70s. And Jay... Um, bought his father's old chopper which was like a triumph chopper off his uncle his uncle still had it stored in the attic at at his house so jay bought that and i bought a 64 triumph bonneville and it was like it was one of those like abortion bikes where someone tried to make it look like a sportster put fat bobs on it and all that and i was like right i know that's fucking not right i don't know a lot (laughs) yet i didn't know a lot yet but i knew that wasn't right. right so you know you don't put fucking Fat Bob's on a Sportster or a Triumph. Right. If you do, you're a complete retard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But you'll learn sooner or later. It's not cool to do that. Right. <laughs> but go do it. And if it's your only bike, I'm not dissing you. Like, ask for every seat. Like, fucking love what you ride. Um, but, uh, so, anyway, uh, so I tried de-fucking that. I put, like, a coffin tank on it. It had, a, like, a long square springer on it. It was total fucking setup sketchy. But, you know, I didn't know any better. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. And then at that point, you know, I was living in Boston and, you know, I would, I would um, I'd be riding it and, you know, coming back and we'd be on the, the Mass Pike coming into Boston, having to do like 80 miles an hour on this Triumph Chopper with a long suit <laughs> because the car in front of me is doing 85 and the car behind me is doing 84. So going through, going through the curves with the fucking Springer bouncing, fucking just white knuckling it every day, like hoping I get home. Um, but what really happened was, you know, me and Jay... We didn't know a lot then, so we sent our stuff, like, I needed, he needed his transmission rebuilt, and I needed a bunch of shit overhauled on the bike. We brought it to a guy who's now a friend, and he's a long-time 
Triumph guy, this guy Don Hutchinson, uh, who's well known. He's been building choppers since the '60s. Awesome dude. And um, but we got the bill from him, and I was like, oh shit, fucking can't be doing that anymore. Like you know, because <laughs> it was a lot, you know. Yeah. Especially to me at that time. But so the story with Triumphs is, you know, how we got started in that because at that time. Uh, early 2000s, am I talking, you want me to... No, 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 perfect. Go louder or just it on the fly. Yeah. No, no, you're perfect. Um, early 2000s, like, you, like, shovelheads were unattainable. Right. They were fucking mad money, you know what I mean? People mm -hmm. were spending 8, 10, 12 grand on fucking shitty shovelheads now that... Shovelheads now that are like 3, 4 grand. Triumphs at that time were like the punk rock of motorcycles. Like, you could buy a Triumph for like two, three, four hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, a thousand bucks running, you know what I mean? But you could get into like a basket for like four or five hundred bucks, no problem. Sometimes you get one even cheaper. And so, um, and Jay's father's bike was a Triumph. I remember when I was a kid, my father used to have a BSA. So we just got into that because it was like, and also at that time, not too long after that, the whole wide tire shit started. All that fucking, all the TV shows, which brought fucking thousands of douchebags into choppers. Like, so Triumph was still like the fuck you, like, yeah, its own lane thing. And it's really what we could afford. And they kind of had their own coolness to them, you know? And so that's how we got into that. And so my first chop, my second bike, but my first chopper was a 64 Triumph chopper. And it was, and then I was like, well, this is cool, but I need to make something that's a little more rideable yeah. but so the cool thing was at that time so origins of chopperhead is i was talking to englishman from the horse back mm -hmm. then and he was like he hit us up on there was a message board called triumph choppers before okay. early days of the internet and that's how everyone communicated that's how like i became friends with tyler from lowbrow all these guys right. we all connected. that's how you met nick too through the message board right that was a different thing later okay. I'll, I'll tell you about that that, that was, was jockey journal no, I met him through a Mustang one that oh. I'm not even into Mustangs, but I got yeah. invited on because all those guys, like a friend <laughs> of mine was friends with Nick. They were all on this Mustang board, but they were all the assholes, like the jackasses that antagonized everyone. And they all got kicked off and they started their own little thing. Okay. And that's how I met him. But it was a message board for sure. Yeah. Okay. And then it's like, this is the early days where like, so there was, this wasn't even a message board. It was a mailing list. And people Whoa, would send a dude. picture, and it would, that's you know, and it crazy. would go to everyone on that mailing list. So we signed up for that, and that's and so um, uh, Englishman did a feature, and um, my '64 and Jay's bike were in it, and this is in like 2001 in the horse. Okay, and then you know, dating myself, and then I was like, all right, man, I want to build something from the ground up now, and I want to make it a little more rideable. And uh, look more like a Triumph because, like, you know, I'd kind of fallen in love with Triumphs at that point. And so I built uh, my first bike that was a complete ground-up build. The other one I bought was already had the Springer on it and all that. And um, and that ended up being in the horse. I called it the Chopper because at that time everyone was like, Bobber or Chopper. And I used a stock Triumph front end, but it had a hardtail and it had the Triumph tank on it. This and that. It was cool. It was black and white flames and everything. Um, and that got in the horse, and then that really kind of launched Chopperhead, and then... Was Chopperhead an actual thing when you got that first feature? Or that, that was, that didn't even exist Yeah, yet? yeah. Well, when, when it was the thing with me and Jay's bike, uh, bikes, my 64 and his, his, his father's old bike, it was just kind of still kicking around my head. And then I started it up, and, um, and then did my bike... And then not long after that, just had the fucking 
sickness to kind of do another one. Didn't have any money. Right. And so me and Jay partnered up. And, like, just, you know, he became, uh, we were like, yeah, let's do something. And, like, I had Chophead going, so he kind of just became my partner in there. And um, he bought out this shop in Arizona that had, a, it was like a, a old shop filled with fucking Triumph shit. So we drove, we flew out there, rented a U-Haul, filled up a U-Haul truck, and drove it back. And um, that's kind of the beginning of it, you know. And then um, we, we were still in South Boston at the so, time. So when you did that U-Haul drive, was that, uh, did you do any filming on that? Mm-mm. Okay. Because I know a lot, like, you guys have filmed cross-country on trips. and Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, that old, was the old, old DVD DVDs. series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That so, would have been crazy if you captured that fucking I know. first startup on well, DVD. Well, you that would have been sick, dude. You know, you, you know when that was, though? It was crazy because uh, that's when that the Laughlin shooting happened with, like, the yeah, the, with the, and the Mongols yep. and stuff. Yep. Uh, because I remember we were driving through the desert and because um, we bought that shit in Arizona and we were driving... And I was like, oh, the last one runs this way, but everybody's riding this way towards us. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what the fuck happened. Something happened. This is And pretty, you didn't even know yet. Yeah, we didn't have cell phones or any of that shit, so we didn't know. Right. We were still going across the country in a Rand McNally fucking Atlas, dude, you know what yeah. I mean? And, um, and then later when we got home, we found out that there was that big shootout and all that. I bet you the younger was... people listening don't even know what no, the fuck they don't know what the fuck Rand talking McNally. about. <laughs> Google it. It'll, uh, before, 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 um, I like ev- the Hagstrom maps. Those, those are the ones I always use. You yeah. ever use Hagstrom? No, but uh, I remember them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were good, man. Yeah. So anyway, the long story short is, and then, so we partnered up, and we um, uh, we moved out of Boston, because it was, you know, just, and then we we rented part of this building. This building was three separate buildings. Okay. There were two businesses in the front, and then this, there was a body and mechanic shop in the back. We rented like 700 square feet of it, with the intention of getting the back when the back opened up. Okay. It, shit happened and we ended up moving to another place a mill place in new bedford and then we bought a building in new bedford and then years later we we're riding by this place and it had been for sale for a long time and um it had uh, a failed title five septic so no one could buy it with a mortgage you had okay. to just buy it and long story short we ended up getting it and from creative finance so you own this building this is, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, okay. the bank technically owns it, and I pay the <laughs> bank for it, but yeah. It's not, I don't rent it, it's it's a mortgage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, so, and that's that. And then, when we opened up here, about five years ago in this location, right, it was right at the, when the kind of the custom chopper market died, because before that, we were just bike builders, and we were building and shipping bikes right, across the world. Right, because you had work at that yeah. point. Yeah, and we we'd have like ten fucking deposits on bikes, and we were sending bikes to Japan, Germany, fucking Canada, Can- California, everywhere across the country, across the world, and then um, that kind of just died out, you know, because the whole kind of all the TV shows stopped, and the whole bottom fell out of that, and um, and you know we opened up here, and I was like, I want to have a cool old school fucking shop that you know people can come to that has cool shit, like it's not going to every other fucking Harley shop that has the same fucking things on the wall that like look like it was special order v-twin or special order drag specialty shit that no one picked up and it's just sitting there on the pegboard and it's random weird bullshit like we wanted to have cool shit and be able to do service and repair and we just that wasn't intentional it, it but it it happened that just it was just the right place right time because the bottom dropped out of the chopper custom chopper market like in 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 regards to having it as a business being able to sustain yourself on building bikes for people right and um and then you know so right when we got this building, we had the room to do 
service and repair and all that. And so that started picking up. And um, and now I would say most of the money that keeps this open is like, you know, the service and repair and part sales and all that. Yeah. We're still building bikes. we got a, a sports to chopper back there, a shovel head chopper back there, two shovel head choppers back there that we're building for guys and um, a bunch of other shit. But um, yeah. but yeah, but what ended up happening is 99.9% of the shit coming through the door was Harley. Jay's not really a fan of Harley. I, I have always liked Harley. I like both, you know, and, and so... He just wanted to, and he has kids, and this takes so much time of your life. Oh, dude, it's a, you know it's a killer. Mean? And so he wanted to be able to, to work from home and just work on the old British stuff and not have to worry about anything else. And so we just split ways. Still, so he's working on old British bikes out of his garage? Yeah, well, so we have two <clears throat> buildings, this building and our old building. So we're, we're both business partners in the buildings. We mm-hmm. have a property company for the two buildings. Okay. And, um, and, um. So he has the other one, and I have this one. He's working out of that one, and he's working out of his house as well, so he can be around his kids more. Gotcha. And so, but he's still, we're still good friends. He's still here almost, if not every day, almost every day he was here this morning. So it's it's a cool thing, you know what I mean? Cause, you know, th- th- fucking 30-something years of friendship. Like, it's not it's yeah. not a bad split. It's just more like he has no interest in Harley shit. Right. We're mostly fixing Harleys now, you know what I mean? So right, right. he's doing his own thing. He's carrying on the, do, doing the British shit, and we're, we're doing that. Um, but yeah, so that's the long story short. So this, but this building is so cool because like, if you hook out a left out of here, you're on fucking roads. You look like you're in Maine or like in the forest, like you're, you're, you're like hugging lakes and it's just pine trees. Whereas before, you know, like when we were in South Boston or Dorchester or fucking when we were in New Bedford, you go out and you're in the projects and fucking dealing with all that kind of wildlife. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you know, what I mean? which isn't as conducive or to like, urban wildlife. To, yeah, isn't as conducive <laughs> to like breaking in a bike or like to yeah. test ride in a bike or whatever. But so, you know, I love it out here because the riding's good. Um, yeah, just, you kind of grew up like uh, similar a little bit in a, in a way like me. And I don't regret it, man. In my 20s. Did a lot of hanging out in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think in your 20s, man, that city life is fucking... I would never trade it for the world. Yeah. Like, the wild times and shit. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, when you get older, man, it's, it's really nice to get away. You know what I like? When I, used to, when I used to live in Dorchester, I had a 1971 Chevelle SS. Mm-hmm. That was my daily driver for a car. Yep. And... I would come home, and I would have to drive around for about a half hour, circling and circling and circling, just trying to find a parking spot. Yeah. Now I come home, I have a, my driveway is like a half mile long. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And I just come home, and I drive, and I'm like, I could park anywhere. I could be drunk and do donuts in my fucking yard, and no one would give a shit. Yeah. And it's cool. And I'm only 40 minutes from Boston. So, like, you know, I, I can go into the city... And then get the fuck Do out. Do dirt and come home, you know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, and uh, come back to, the, to to that. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like, I'm not that remote, but it feels more remote than it is, you know? Yeah. Hey, man, you ever think about doing hot rods here? Or? Yeah. It's just the space. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Like... Yeah, I mean, you got like 20 bikes out there. You can't... I mean, 20, yeah. 20 cars would be like an enormous yeah. facility. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know... Like, Junior has his 72 Chevelle out there. I have a 66 Lincoln. I have a 67 Impala. And I got a 70 C10. So we kind of do some hot rod shit out of here. But cool. just for ourselves. not. And that's a whole different game, dude. Like, you know, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know the... You know, working on bikes is way different than working on cars, man. And oh, yeah. there's a lot more bullshit, I feel like, with cars. And 
Oh, this is much bu- this is bullshit with everything. It's just bullshit. it's just the bullshit you know versus the bullshit you don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can have more bikes packed in here. This, you know what I mean. So, I, I love hot rods. Nothing against them. I love muscle cars. I love hot rods. I love it all. I love old stock cars, but they just take up too much room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like, I do shit for myself, but yeah. Yeah, doing shit for yourself is a whole different thing than. Uh... I don't think people realize what it takes to do things on a professional level. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to have your shit tight, dude. You ain't making no fucking money. No. It's hard enough to make money when you got your shit together. I, 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 I tell people this, is, and it's not... I don't say this. I've said it on my podcast and whatever. I don't say it because I'm not crying or whining about it. There is literally three months in the winter where I do not take a penny from Chophead. Because I can't, because I have to keep the money in the shop to pay my guys, to pay the lights. You, you keep to pay these the guys mortgage. working year round? I keep them working year round. Okay. And so, um, and that's what you got to do as a business owner in this. I mean, if I was in California, it might be a different story, but right. I'm in fucking Massachusetts and, you know, there's nothing going on. We'll have like long term bike builds or we'll get some, some of our bikes ready that we're going to sell or, you know, just shit for like stock or whatever. But, you know, the in and out daily shit stops man like you know there might be two three people come in here a day you know what right, i mean right. no one's no one's doing shit but uh, in in new england i i mean you know winter comes people put their bikes away not everybody but i'm talking generalities people yeah. put their bike away and they don't think about it till fucking spring yeah and so dude even guy i mean i ride year round i'm like i'm on long island but yeah still you know we're in the same ballpark here yeah I ride year round, and you're still only talking about riding a handful of times during those winter months. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, every month maybe I'll bust a bike out three, four, five times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, we that's too, because we got to, because we got to test ride shit or like. Yeah, but but like you get for that your sixty customers, days, yeah, yeah, that's not enough to keep customers in the no, in and out. Absolutely, the doors, dude, no, no. You know? And not everyone's building custom bikes, so a lot of guys just fucking put the bike away and they forget about it. Like you know, guys, it's cool to have winter. Because it's a good season for everyone to build and shit, but not everyone's a fucking bike builder, you know what I mean? Or has right. a total custom shit. Like, a lot of guys just ride their stock bikes and they're stoked with it, and they put it away, and then they bring it out when it starts getting 60 degrees again, you know? Yeah. So, it's not the smartest industry to be in, but we do it because we love it, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and, and I have my other shop, my tattoo shop, where I do laser removal that I can survive on in the winter, because I literally... And even this year, I was like, oh, it might not be so bad. And I was like, nope. And again, two, three months, like, I don't make a dime. Yeah. But I do it because I love it. And I spend way more time here than I do at the tattoo shop, you know what I mean? Yep, but yep. that's what you got to be willing to do, you know, to, to, to do something. A lot of people think you. Now, that said, the smart setup in New England is to be a guy that has a, a house with a shop built behind his house and has low overhead and can do some shit, you know, you know, that's the smart setup. Or like, I always get jealous of the kids, like a lot of 20 year olds will pull together and get a garage together and fuck around and all that shit. That's the shit. Stay there, man. Don't try and do this professionally. It fucking yeah. sucks. But <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm not complaining or crying about it. Like I'm saying it sucks. But I'm also saying I'm the retard that wouldn't have it any other way. I love it, you know? Well, you know, you got to really think, like, what are you going to... Are you going to actually go back to the 9 to 5? Like, you, no. people that don't know, you had a fucking 9 to 5. No, I've walked away like, from, you like, were a like, 100, a 100 grand a year job. Yeah, to you were, like... fucking half of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you had, like, a fucking real, yeah. legit-ass career. Yeah. Um, but this is way better. Yeah. I'm sitting here with you at 4.30 in the afternoon, pouring Frangelico... <laughs> 
fucking drinking, fucking talking shit, dude, you know? Yeah. And I felt like I worked at the hospital in that industry long enough where I built up all my comma points where I can be a total <laughs> fucking degenerate now. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're kind of not kidding. You did some good yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. It's better than me. I've never done anything good. No, no. <laughs> but, dude, so yeah. So, I mean, the the DVDs, though, that that was that was a fun time. Yeah. So, those DVDs, too. That was That's some of the old hard. shop. Like, some of, the, some of the stuff you saw in there. Right? Those DVDs were There was a few shots right on the streets in Boston, I believe, right outside the Bay Doors and stuff, Everywhere, yeah. Those were shot from 2003 to 2014. Okay. So there's there's a long history of, like, choppers, and you'll see different shit, like the shit on the first DVD. Like, literally, I just recorded with a handheld camera and shit like that. And then my friend Ian helped me edit it and um, make it look halfway decent. And then... um, you know, as you can see, they progressed, but those are good time capsules because you can see the change in choppers through the years on mm-hmm. on them all. And that was the whole goal was just to, I just basically stole like the skate, the skate video setup and was like, I'm going to do chopper videos, but like set up like old skate videos. Cause I thought those were the coolest things when I was a kid. And that's what got me into yep. that. Those things fucking set my life down a course that, um, you know whatever like you know like getting into punk rock and skateboarding and anti-social shit through those videos and and then i just wanted to be able to do that but with choppers right but now those are on uh, amazon if anyone ever wants to look at them because no one buys dvds anymore i got i got like fucking 500 of them sitting out on the <laughs> counter over there like behind the counter over there well but. it's hard to even walk in a house anymore and see a dvd player no no like I people mean, don't even have them <laughs> closest thing someone has like a playstation or an xbox or something you can throw a dvd in that but um, I never thought we would really see that day come because you saw it come with VHS. Yeah. And then you were like, dude, DVDs, man. You didn't feel bad about buying them because you're like, these will be around forever. Yeah. Who, like, how are these going to get better? Then how are they, like, exactly. Then they're like, oh, Blu-ray DVDs. And you're like, fuck, now I got to get rid of Conan <laughs> on regular DVD and get it on blue, Blu-ray DVD. Mm. And then now, now it's like... Now there's not even porn stores anymore. There's like hardly even anything anymore. Yeah. Video stores, like... Well, you remember, remember, Blockbuster. you go down to Times Square in the yeah the 90s, or the late 80s, and it would be like, creepy porn store, strip club, creepy electronic store, yep. liquor store, and then that same four things would just keep repeating itself. Yep. Yeah, now it's like a fucking M&M store, yeah, an the, American <laughs> fucking girl doll store. Like. Yeah, and fucking Planet Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But from what I hear is that... Dude, I hope it reverts back. I now heard that it, all this shit's is. going on. I heard it is. I heard there's daytime crime down there again, and the homeless are retaking, retaking the streets down in fucking... Oh, yeah. Down in Times Square, so... Yeah, with all this shit going on, man, New York City's gonna get fun again. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm all about... Like, it was so, like, you know, there's something to be said, and I get it, you know. It's cool, like, you go to New York now, and you don't have to feel sketched out anywhere. Right. Wasn't always like that. Same with Boston, like, you know what I mean? Like, Boston had the combat zone. It had its fucked up areas. And um, things got so, for lack of a better term, like, gentrified or whitewashed or yuppie. Like, all the cities lost their character. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 
you know, like, it's a punch in the gut when I go buy CBGBs and it's a fucking fashion store now. Like, yep. And they're trying to pay homage to CBGBs. Like, fuck you. I remember the day it closed. Fuck, fuck you and your $600 shirts and then you're trying to still look punk rock. Like, fuck you, dude. Don't don't take my culture, motherfucker. You know what's fucked up? When CBGBs closed, you saw more fucking hipsters around New York City wearing CBG, CBGB yeah. shirts. But they would never go As, there. Exa- yeah, and most of them may never even been there. Yeah, like, yeah. you know... Yeah. Now you see the, the CBGB stores in like airports and shit. Yep. I, I was what the fuck is this, dude? Like, but you know, whatever, man. Um, but so, yeah. Did you ever play CBGBs? My band was not allowed to play CBGBs. Why? Because I guess at one point my boy and this kid, I think it was, I think it was Ryan Sikorsky. And I'm not trying to put full names out there, but he was, um, he was in old uh, New Jersey, but on the border of New York, like, old punk rock, hardcore, like, skinhead dude. And then later on, he got involved in, like, underground hip-hop and everything. But there was a time where we were trying to book a show, and there were the, some skinhead dudes there that had my old band's name written on their bombers, and they were whacking dudes with hammers or something. So no we shit. weren't allowed to play there, but we played ABC No Rio, which oh, wow. was down the road. We played there, um, I think I was 17 years old, and we were... We, we uh, went up in a couple of cars and we played there. And I just remember, best New York moment, we're driving through Spanish Harlem and there's a dude standing on the corner, <laughs> literally with a brick of money on the ground and he's holding an Uzi. And everyone's like, look at that. And I was like, no, don't look at that. Don't fucking look at that, dude. Just look straight. Get look fucking fuck straight, dude. <laughs> and I don't know what he was doing, but he had like fucking wads of cash, like like banded up, like bricks of cash on, on the ground. And he was holding an Uzi, just standing on the fucking corner. And I was like, don't look at that fucking dude. Just keep driving and fucking... <laughs> what I don't year do you think that was? That was, um... 89? Damn. Yeah, it was like 89. So you were a kid, man. Yeah, I was 17. Damn. But yeah, yeah, we played it. was either 89 or 90 or something. 90 the latest. I was still in high school. I wasn't out of school yet. Hey, do you know Dick Manitoba? I know that name and I'm trying to place it. I I, I didn't know if you ever played his place. He's got a place yeah. downtown, um, yeah. on the Lower East Side no, called Manitoba. What, what, what band was he in? He was in. He was the drummer for. I know he's in a band. Like, oh I know, I know. fuck, dude! I, keep, I, I can't. I can't remember the name of the band right now. He was the drummer for. Oh fuck! What does he own now? He owns I, a, a place down at a Lower East Side called Manitoba's. Yeah. I mean, he's owned it for... Uh, yeah, forever, yeah. Yeah, for a while No, now. we never played there. I, no. I've never been there. But, like... I, I, f- I don't know if you ever crossed paths with him. Really no. cool guy, man. But I know, um, you know, like, I know A7, the old A7. Mm-hmm. Now is a spot that has shows again. It's called something else, obviously. Um, Half these places are, like, high-end pizza joints or fucking shoe stores now, dude. It's crazy. It's fucking dude. sad. It's crazy to go to Tompkins Square Park now. And I get it. It's progress, and for the world, it's better. But to me... The world's better when there's some sketchiness and some danger in it because mm-hmm. that will give you a way better education on life and a way better a way better viewpoint and um, introduction on life. Because there's a lot of dudes going around now that think that they can't get touched because... You don't see black eyes anymore. Because people don't get touched When was the last time anymore? you saw a guy with a black eye? Yeah, it's crazy. Right? I never thought Hon- of it like honestly. that. Honestly. Like, yeah. You used to randomly see like you go to the fucking deli or you go to a mm-hmm. diner or something. You'd see, like, a black eye every week, mm-hmm. once a week, twice a week, you know? Yeah. Or, or, like, you know, once a month. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking about this just, like, a week ago. You don't even see people with black eyes anymore. No. 
fucking crazy, dude. And the crazy thing, you know, whatever, dude. I'm, you know, I'm not like this isn't like tough guy stuff or anything. I'm 48. Like, uh, like I'm not. Tr- I got businesses. I'm not trying to lose shit. Like, right. you know, but. I'll get handsy if I gotta, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what people forget. Like, I'm co- I come from the time where there's only a little bit of talk, and then there's not even gonna be any talk. It's just gonna be fucking. There's just you know shit's gonna happen. Well, there's nothing wrong with but, uh, but growing th- up. Like, you know, I mean, who who the hell really wants to get into a fight? Like, let let kids do that. But you know, or, or if you if you don't have to, you know. Yeah. But, but what I think but is like though- it's I think it's a good indicator of like. Freedom and safety is it, you're trading that off for something. Absolutely, and that's what you I know? mean. Is like this: you, danger is a good life lesson because you learn shit. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you learn not to touch the stove because it's fucking hot. Right. When you're a little bit older, you know, like, learn not to run your mouth because you might get fucking punched. Like that needs to come back. Like right. you know what I mean? That's all I mean. And like yeah. a simple thing. And I'm not saying it like I'm like rah, 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 caveman shit. It's just. That makes better fucking people. It builds like, character. It builds sure. character, and it makes better people because people will be like, "Oh shit, there's consequences to my actions. I can't mm-hmm. just be like meh, 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 and talk shit, and nothing ever is going to happen." It, it's so disappointing to me that, like, when scenes that I was so involved with that were kind of the last bastions of like those codes of conduct and honor and respect and fucking, you know, stand up for yourself, that fallen victim does like. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like that's why, like. The, that chopper thing, like, it pissed so many people off back in the day when I made that Defend Chopper Shoot Hipster shirt. Oh, it was all tongue-in-cheek. It. it was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But it was also sending a little bit of a message. But it's true, man. Like, like, don't be a fucking lame-ass and be involved in shit that I've dedicated my life to, dude. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a fucking fanciful little fucking cool little fucking trend for you, dude. This is my fucking life, dude. So, and I'll defend it. Like, you know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, and just what it comes down to because i fucking love this shit dude like yeah and i don't have a choice in it i just love it like i, I would wish i didn't i wish i loved doing something that was way more lucrative than this yeah. but i don't so i do this you know what i mean and, and, it, you, you do take it to heart though man like i mean i mean i even even i don't know i take i take it very personal absolutely um when it's when it's a lifestyle, I've done it for a living, and it's and it's just it's just a lifetime. Yeah, lifestyle. motherfucker, you're pulling up to my shop a, in a fucking rainstorm yeah. on a Thursday afternoon to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and when you when you get people taking it lightly, man, it's it, it's yeah. I take offense to oh, it. Oh, when they take it lightly or so surface level, where it's just like a trend or like a look, like because there's some dude got in a stoner rock and he's like got the long hair and he's like, oh man, now I'm gonna get into choppers because I'm like fucking living '70s cosplay life. Fuck you, you fucking right. motherfucker. Right. I fucking kick this shit. Out of you and not think twice about it, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, this isn't cosplay for me, dude. Like, this is every fucking day, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing more annoying than fucking cosplay fucking bikers and chopper dudes. Bikers, whatever, because that's always been the thing, weekend warrior shit. But choppers was always more the domain of dudes that were seriously... And I'm not saying you gotta be, like, a hard fucking chopper dude. You gotta just really love this shit. If you really love this shit, I fucking love you. You know what I mean? Correct. Even if I don't like you, I fucking love you because... Right. I love this fucking shit. You know what I mean? And I don't. I don't mind the uh, the weekend warrior bikers either so much. Because I don't. Because they're fucking jokers. They're not me. even on the radar. Shit. Yeah, they're not exactly. even. That's not my world. It's not. It's, even though we're into like, I hate when someone calls me a bike. I'm like, I ain't fucking biker, dude. Like, you know, I love bikes. Yo, I you know what? Bikes. I'm trying to think of a fucking real like. What do you, I don't even know like? Because I hate that fucking term too, yeah. biker. But yeah. like, I, I just like, I fu- it fucking drives me nuts. Yeah, but yeah. like. I'm trying to think of a good replacement for that, yeah, and yeah. I haven't fucking thought of it yet. No. But, like, what the fuck would you consider it? 
I don't know. It's like... I don't, I don't know. know, man. I don't know. It's just like the whole thing. Like, we got to make I, up that word. <laughs> I'm just an antisocialite. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, I love this shit. I, that's all it comes down to. And I'm not trying to hop on that. I love this shit. Like, yeah. I take it serious. And I, I just get highly offended. And I take it personally when someone that's trying to be in this world doesn't. Especially when these motherfuckers are getting tractions and making t-shirt companies. It's like, you don't give a shit about this. And you're just profiteering off shit. Yep. Fuck you, dude. Like... Fuck you and your fucking quote unquote lifestyle company. Right. Guess what? I'm the fucking lifestyle dude. Like right. you know, like I live I sacrifice everything I have to, to keep this fucking lifestyle going, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a fucking you know, but whatever. Dude. Yeah, dude, matter. I mean honestly to bring things to this level, uh, you can't not put yeah. every bit of your fucking heart into it. I mean Yeah. I mean this is this ain't the Discovery Channel, dude. People no. People, and the they, funny thing you know. is we've been approached literally four or five times to do TV shows. Even to the point once where we got twice. Well, once we made what's called a, like a, I forgot what it's called, but it was like not a full pilot, but like a mini pilot, like a 10 minute episode. Gotcha. And once we made a full pilot and that was for True TV and that was with like some of the dudes from Impractical Jokers were, like, running our shit. Yeah. And, and I'll say it on you. I'll give you the exclusive. Like, I know I gave them a fucking bunch of things that I wanted to do, and those things have all showed up on Impractical Jokers. So no some dudes are going to get a little little fucking smacked up when I fucking, if I ever run into them again. Um, but, lone, you know, whatever. Dude, I'm That's surprised it. no one... I mean, I don't know what the... I don't... We don't need so to get into the, the details, but if, if you guys are listening... Pick up a Chopper Head DVD or go on Amazon and, and check this shit out. Yeah, check it out. It's free. You it's know better I mean? than a fucking TV show. That's it's, sure. it's literally... You, you guys could have had a killer TV show. Yeah, and the whole thing was our show, our DVDs weren't about us. They were about the Chopper community. Mm-hmm. Like, I would... I and would, the lifestyle. And the lifestyle. Yep. I would profile different builders from across the world, highlight different events from across the country, and then um, and then there would be a little bit of us just being fucking retards, you know what I mean? Hey, Jackasses. you still? You, I, I'll tell you what, man. This is very random, but are you still uh, in touch with, or have you ever heard from uh, that dude Charlie Machado, the world's fastest Mexican? Dude, no, that guy. I haven't talked to him in years. Le- I remember seeing that on the DVD, and like to this day, that guy left such an impression on yeah. me. Yeah, I was like, and that, that was guy is fucking it was rad, just, man. It was literally because the it stories was, he had and yeah. shit were just fucking amazing. It was maybe a little bit before, right when the Discovery Channels were shows were coming out, but it was the anti those, and it was showing the underground shit. Yep, and it was it was showing dudes like Charlie Machado, the world's fastest Mexican, and dudes that had like just built shit in their fucking third floor apartment in the city or whatever. And those that's to me where that's the heart. Of this shit, you know what I mean? It's not the fucking, the, the, the obviously it's easy to put these guys out, but it's not Orange County Choppers or any right, of that right. shit. The heart of it is that that dude that fucking works sixty hours a week, saves every penny he can to put his fucking little chopper together in his fucking in his spare room or in his kitchen or in his fucking garage if he's lucky enough to have a fucking garage. And that's what I always wanted to highlight, but. You know, so those DVDs got some attention. So all these production companies would hit us up, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, we really like you guys, and what you guys are doing, and you know, we think you'd be interested in like characters to have on TV. Well, all right, whatever." And then they would come out, and they would do all this shit. And then they were trying to get us to do shit we would never do, and I'm like, "No, 
motherfucker, you contacted me. I didn't reach out to you. You contacted me because you thought you liked what we do. This is what we do. That's not what we do. I'm not going to go on TV and be a fucking clown ass to try and sell a couple of t-shirts. Right, right. And, and I was like, I love this too much. And I've even told this to like the last production company. I was like, I am not going to do any TV show with or for you guys um, if... Like I, well, what I said is basically the only thing I have in this world is is integrity, and uh, you know our reputation, and um, and if I don't do if I do a show where either of those is compromised, I I'm not interested. I will only do something if I come out with with that intact or even more than what it was before we went into it. Right. And I was like, I'm not going to do your clown shit that you wanted me to do. Like I had ideas for funny shows. That would have been really fucking cool. I'm not going to say them on here because I still have those ideas. That would have been like cool conglomerations of shit that would have been cool to do. Um, but they wanted us to do like really fucking retarded shit. Like, all right, you guys are guys. And they were trying to play off like pickers and shit like that. You guys are guys that build bikes, but only out of shit you find at flea markets. I'm like, no, no. not doing that. That's stupid. Like, that's fucking stupid. Really so stupid. It's stupid. Dude. Like, I'm like, you are not in touch with anything that's going on in, in reality. But but to me, I think, anyway, I'm glad we never did it because I think a TV show that really showed what a bike shop was like really wouldn't be that interesting to people unless you were really involved in, in, in that. World. I think the right bike shop, Um, I think you guys certainly could have had a TV show back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, based off the jacket. It would have had to been well, so, edited properly, but yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have had to do anything out of your normal everyday routine. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I don't care. Like I said, they were like, they would always say, well, think about all the merchandise money you'll make. And I'm like, I don't care about the merchandise money I'd make. I'm not. Right. My reputation ain't for sale. Exactly, dude. My, my, yeah, that's 100% what it comes down yeah. to. I don't care. Like, I will stay on the edge of poverty and be fucking, <laughs> and have our reputation or whatever intact. And now, it's weird because, and it's cool. It's just the way life is. The changing of the guard so much. Like, there's a lot of new kids that don't even know us. Right. I don't give a shit. Whatever. You'll find us if you stick around long enough. Right. But, yeah, go look at those guys. Like, they're doing shit. Go hang out with them. That's cool. I don't, you know. Sooner or later, you find your way here. But it's, like, weird now. I never thought this either. Um, I own a chopper shop in Massachusetts in a small town. I'll see a dude drive by on a chopper. I've never seen this motherfucker. I used to know every single dude probably in New England on a chopper in the early 2000s. You know, whatever. You know how it was. We all knew each other, dude. Especially on the East Coast in the Northeast where it wasn't as big. I'll see a kid drive by on a sports to chopper. Drives right by and I'm like, motherfucker... I can't make it any louder. This is a chopper shop, dude. Yep. Like, where the Yo, fuck are you ba- going? Like, Who the, the fuck day, are you? At least come in and, and see what's going on. Yeah. Bullshit but, for yeah, a minute or, yeah. or something, man. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of old school, and I'm not you know, dating myself, but it's not. I'm not trying to say old school, but like good fucking ways are gone, dude. Like, yeah. like who the fuck are you for one, dude? Like, I've been here forever. I don't yeah. know you. You're on, And you're driving by on a chopper, and you don't even stop at a chopper shop with his choppers outside? Yeah. Like... Are you even into this shit, dude? Or are you just trying to fucking profile and look the part? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, because I got no respect for that. You know what I mean? But like I said, people love this shit. I fucking love them and got an ultimate respect for them, whether I like them or not. You take this shit lightly? Fuck you, dude. I got I got zero for you. <laughs> yeah. But, 
you know, you know, dude, I, you know, we don't hang out every day, but you said no. you want to do something. We lost like, touch for a while. Like, too, absolutely, but... dude. Fuck yeah, come by. But like, you know, like I know you've been around forever, dude. You wouldn't be doing this if it didn't, if it wasn't fucking. No, and I don't take any you. money. I don't have a single advertiser. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm literally traveling the country yeah. for the love of it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh yeah. You know, I, I mean. I get I, I got one advertiser on my podcast <laughs> that pays all the rest. I just trade, but uh, but but yeah, fucking whatever. <laughs> I would never take any advertising mm. money that wasn't anything. I'm, I'm not I'm not poking. Uh, I know I know poking anything. I know I know. I'm money. just fucking with you. I'm just I'd like to you. take some money, yeah. but I, I I don't I don't feel morally right about it. You know, I just I just no. I'm here, man. But here's you the know? thing, though. Like, you know, one cool thing I noticed I, when I. We, you, you were a little ahead of me. In, in what? Oh. <laughs> no, as far as the podcast, like I think. Oh yeah, You had yeah. started a little, but we started around the same time. We, but I, we actually, our first episodes were the same week. That's we put right. them out the same week, but I had started recording months yeah, before yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, ju- I jumped on the bike in October, and recorded like ten shows. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't release. I don't know when we released them, but like maybe January. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Whatever. Yeah. 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 No, and it's cool, man, because this is the next level of shit, like, because we, you can have, like, serious conversations with people and... and, and, and Later, Junior. Later, fellas. See you in the was morning. It, was that Junior or... Uh, uh, I think that was Cole. Cole. Yeah. Um, but... Later. The, the, uh... I forgot where I was going with it, but, like... The dude, coolest this thing. is this is like the new frontier of... Yeah, this is pirate shit, of, dude. Of just unfiltered, unedited actual real lives like yeah. we were talking before that 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 bullshit reality tv show which ain't fucking no. reality never has been even from day no. one was never reality and that was the thing this I is hated. the real reality yeah, right absolutely here. and that's what i hated about those shows i was like motherfuckers i'm not an actor like no like you want to film us and what we do fuck yeah dude and if it works cool like but if you want to Force me to learn lines and do shit that we normally... And I'll tell you what, dude. Everyone should know this by now. And if you don't, all reality TV is fucking fake. Yeah. It's all fake. There's None nothing, of it is real. Nothing reality about It's all about scripted. It. There might be a couple things that weren't scripted, but it's all fucking scripted. And there's storylines developed and all this and that. And we weren't playing the game. And so, hopefully, producers and whatever hear this and they don't hit us up anymore because they... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's. I, that, don't, I don't think any producers are listening. I know, whatever, shit, dude. Though. You know, whatever. Who knows? It, it is you, weird, though. Some you of never the people, know. You I've never got, know what reach shit has, dude. dude. I've gotten some weird messages where I'm like, this fucking dude's listening. Like, holy yeah. shit, man. It, it is surprising. I mean, you, you probably know at this point, too. It is surprising. Yeah, I it's mean, cool. And, like, you see the statistics of, like, the countries. Like, the first week, I had, like, 12 countries. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is cool. going on? And, and then it's, it's the it's best. Crazy, it's the dude. best when you kind of scroll down and you find the one. And you're like, who is this one motherfucker yeah. in Croatia listening yeah. to my podcast? <laughs> yeah. And why the fuck are they listening? But, yeah. Yep. Yep. No, no, no. And I love the podcast. It's fun because you get to sit with people and just shoot the shit. And, and, and that's important. That's, like, a lost thing. Like, in real life. Like, because, like, people are so used to just texting and fucking this and that and digital shit. And, like, that ain't real. Yep. Like, yeah, it's good for, like, a quick, like, hey, meet me at this fucking place, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that ain't real fucking life. You know what I mean? Or real relationships. But I don't even know where we're going that. Oh, like, the sponsorship. Like, what was cool about the podcast shit is people just donate. 
they just send shit like listeners and that's the more important shit fuck sponsors yeah. dude who fucking cares but if if you're making something that's cool enough that it's resonating with the people that listen to it to the point where they're like fuck yeah dude like you've given me 30 hours of entertainment here's some fucking money yup I've got a few that's weird ones rad. like just random people I've hit up for parts or whatever on the internet they're like oh yeah yeah uh, hey yo, how about this half off you know on a, on a whatever a used gas tank or whatever Call it a donation of the podcast. Or like, what, yeah, like yeah. weird shit. It's come in such weird forms, man. Yeah, and it's fucking rad, man, because it's like, that's what you want. If 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 there's the people that are the actual users of your thing, or the listeners, believe in it enough where they're like, fuck yeah, I want, like, how can I help you keep going? Yeah. That's, that's, that's fucking... It's cool, like beyond beyond measure. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Uh, that's like real shit. Like, fuck it, fuck it, to fucking some company wants to sponsor you because they think they can get something out of you. Mm-hmm. It's more about some dude that doesn't give a shit. I've had some people like, don't even say my name or so whatever, but I fucking love what you're doing. Here's some fucking money to help you out. Yeah. And all that money, honestly, if anyone's ever <clears throat> donated to me, it goes just into the operating expenses because, as you know. It's yeah. not free to do this shit. No. The no. equipment ain't free. The hosting ain't free. The you fucking... know what scares me is like the day that... I, I don't know if the day will ever come. I'm hoping it doesn't. Um, that just a regular guy can't do this. That this just... It turns so commercialized. Yeah. I don't it, know. It, it just seems like it's only a matter of time. I mean, just throughout history, just before someone exploits it. You know? Like, I, I don't know if it'll ever happen with this, but... I well, hope I hope it doesn't. The good thing I though, hope there's always opportunity for someone to just start from nothing. Absolutely. And and make whatever they want out of it. Just like yeah. the the American dream, man. Yeah. Just Well, here's the thing with this type of shit. Is no matter what no matter what the mainstream tries to control, there's always a fringe pirate element. So whether it's fucking the printed word so that at first only like really elite people had access to printing presses. Right. And then some motherfuckers, whatever they did, they pulled money and they started putting their own newsletters out. Or, or you know, <laughs> yes. There was magazines. <laughs> and then there was the people that just put fucking little punk rock zines together yep. or little mag like little chopper zines together. And then there's fucking TV shows and then there's people that do like their own pirate bootleg DVDs or like little pirate TV shows or community action. And then there's radio stations, and there's pirate radio stations, and then there's fucking podcast, which is just an open world. But yeah. even if they try and regulate this, there'll be something where fucking fringe pirate motherfuckers will that do, next level do this on that level. You know what I mean? And then whatever the next thing is, there'll be the mainstream corporate controlled version of, and then there'll be the fucking pirate motherfuckers that slide in underneath. You know what I mean? So I'm not worried about it because. I'm not worried either, yeah. but I just... No, I, I know wonder. it sucks to think about, but... It won't matter, man. We're uh, we're going to be millionaires by then, you know? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because a million dollars will be worth a dollar. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, it'll, uh, it'll be the new peso. <laughs> in 98, before the euro, we did a tour in Europe, and we got paid a million lira, which was the Italian dollars at the time. Oh, that must have been like so cool. I was like, fuck yeah, And it was worth like $500. It was like 800 bucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> But it was like, but it felt cool to have a million of something. Right. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> but, ah, uh, fuck it. So what's up? What else, man? I, I um, kind of gave you the rough history of shit. Yeah. We, <laughs> we took the, the long, swervy back road to the history. The swervy back road is always the best road, right? Who wants to go on the fucking highway and get straight there? Yeah, Nobody. exactly. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts. Is like, you, you, 
we think we're going to talk about this, we end up talking about that, and then it goes over here, and it goes over there, and, and then eventually we get back on the road. Yep. Hey, how about this, man? Uh, I, I'm literally about to piss my pants. You want to, uh, you want to, uh, what the fuck was it? Uh, what'd you want to mention, the Amazon thing or whatever? Oh, no, it's just um, continuing in the nation, in the, in the, uh, the tradition of, of the pirate shit. Um, like can, you, can you riff for like 30 seconds, man? I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, yeah, All absolutely. Right, cool. yeah. I'm going to say the worst shit ever while he's gone away to piss. Um, for anyone who ever checked out any of the Chopperhead DVDs, um, we have a new thing coming out, which is a continuation of those. But since no one buys fucking DVDs anymore, it's a dead media, let's face it. We do, um, we're going to do 22-minute type of episodes on Amazon Prime. Um, so, uh, it'll be a continuation of that, where it's going to be highlight home chopper builders, small shops, um, motorcycle and chopper events. It's more geared towards chopper shit, for sure, but there's other shit in there, of course, because old bikes are cool. Fucking cafe races are cool. Fucking choppers are cool. Fucking stock, old stock bikes are cool. New stock bikes, yeah, some of it's cool. Um, but yeah, so we got, uh, it's called Chopperhead TV. It's going to be coming out pretty soon on Amazon Prime, so take a look for that. And uh, until that, I'm just going to keep talking shit about this. If you haven't seen the Chopperhead DVDs, those are also up on Amazon Prime. Volume 1 through 4, about 12 hours of entertainment for you for free. And uh, you can look at the changes and... Uh, chopper trends uh over time because uh, those were filmed like we said earlier between 2003 and 2014 um yeah that's about it i think we're gonna take a pause here until dude gets back from taking a uh a piss he's uh he's down about two 40s of heineken well they're not exactly 40s but whatever the step is under a 40 coming back. Wait, dude, I didn't realize you even had a car lift. Dude, was I must have fucking walked circles, yeah. six circles. Yeah, we're legit. So I just told the whole breakdown of what Chopped TV is, so you don't even need to ask me about it. Awesome. <laughs> was Amazon pretty loose with you guys? The only the only reason they put any restrictions. So on? I'm going to tell you three the 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 main reasons why we agreed to do that is one <clears throat> is because. Um, my friend Zach, who, who made that Chopper Town documentary, mm-hmm. he distributes all our DVDs. He was kind of pushing us to do something like that. And two, Amazon's only directives for us were no nudity and you can't give out web links. Okay. And I was like, I can That's literally, that. I mean, you guys. Literally, those are the only two, the only two rules I had to adhere to. Wow. That's so sooner awesome. or later, you're going to see a set of tits or something with a web link over it, <laughs> and then that'll be the last episode. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, um, yeah, that was it. So I was like, fuck yeah, I can 100% creative control. We just can't give out web links or have any nudity. We can say whatever we want, show whatever we want. Hey, over the, over the years when you were making those Chophead DVDs and everything, um, was that actually like an active decision that you guys made was to like not have a bunch of fucking tits everywhere and yeah like, i don't give a shit and like about chicks that. fucking crawling no. all over bikes and so you know, to like, me like to me to, to exploit that end of things no because to me it was that... always about the bike right okay the, the chick is just a cheap ploy to get people 
to get eyes on things. Right, right. And I'm not, I'm not disrespecting or, women right there. I'm just saying using women to get attention to the bike right. is a cheap I, I think it's more respectful to both the, the bike industry and the women. Yeah. I mean, really, honestly. Yeah. No, it's, no. In a so, sense, you know. It, that was always pretty much an active decision because we didn't give a shit about that. Right. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, like, to me, the focus was on the bike and the bike builder. That was it. Cool. And in the circumstances in which the bike was built. Because that shows where the love and the passion and the dedication is. Not some fucking scantily clad chick crawling around on it that doesn't know what the fuck she's even on. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? Right. I don't Who cares? When you, know you say I mean? even on, are you talking about the bikes or the drugs? Both. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything, you know. But yeah, more, more about the bikes. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. That's just... And I get it. Quote, unquote, sex sells. Whatever. But we always wanted to do it without... I wanted to have the bike sell. And that's why, not all, like a lot of times magazines would require a model to be on the bikes, mm -hmm. but when they didn't, we didn't have a model on the bike. Okay. Because I find it kind of annoying, and, and hey, look, I'm alpha, heterosexual, 100%. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking at a motorcycle magazine, I am not looking at a, I'm looking at a motorcycle magazine to see fucking motorcycles. And I know right. motorcycle magazines really exist very smallly right now, yeah. but you know, I'm talking about... For my time frame. Or if I'm watching a motorcycle video, I want to see motorcycles. Dude, motorcycles were everything. If I want to see chicks fucking doing raw shit, I'll watch porn. But right. otherwise, if I'm watching a motorcycle video, I want to see motorcycles. Right. That's That's the simple kind of formula of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the only people... I think it goes back to like... I don't want to say fake people, but like... I call them like biker daddies. You know, like these fucking fringe leather bound fucking... Weekend warrior types, you know, like dentists or whatever you want to call them. I don't know. People living out their little People, fantasies yeah, or whatever. Living out their fucking fashion fantasies on the weekends uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever. It's to each his own, but um, I feel like they're the only people that are looking at those magazines anyway and buying just for the girls. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't know. If you, go to the, if you go to the magazine store, the motorcycle stuff is in one section. And, you know, every industry does it. Tattoo industry does the same shit. You know yes. what I mean? I'm sure the hot rod industry does the same shit. To a lesser extent, because they try and be more prim and proper about shit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They, they, do. Like, they do. Some of the hot rod guys. <laughs> hot rod's a weird world, because you got the old guys that still hate motorcycles, which yep. is weird. Very weird. If you go to a motorcycle event and there's a hot rod, no biker dude or motorcycle dude ever gets upset about a hot rod being at a motorcycle show. Yep. But... Be fucking 100% guaranteed you bring a bike to a hot rod show. There's some old crabby motherfucker that's pissed off about it. For some reason, probably lost his chick in 1968 yep. to some biker dude. And that's why he's all fucking jerked off about it. But yep. fuck Last shovel head I saw stole my wife. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> fuck them. Who cares? Like, you're a stodgy old hot rod dude. Then fucking just die and sell your shit. So like, or in, let your shitty kids inherit it and sell it for fucking pennies on the fucking dollar. That's your fucking legacy, you fucking faggot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. Um, but, um, yeah, but lo and behold that, whatever. Um, I Can you tell I got a little irk, irksome for... You know why? You know why I have that? 
because uh, me and my uh, brother Packer do that full speed ahead show, which yep. is hot rods and bikes. Yep. And there's a lot of fucking old hot rod dudes that get pissed off that bikes are at the show. And it's like, this ain't the show no. for you, dude. Fucking leave. Fucking leave, oh, dude. Fuck we me. do not need you here. Like, you don't need you, to be here. You know what's crazy? Fuck I never, because um, I'm a big hot rod car guy. Of course, I, dude. I got, we're motorheads. We like all of them. We love all the shit, dude. I can't. My problem is, is that I'm not into just one thing. Yep. I wish I was. Me too. I like fucking... I like fucking Lincolns, I like fucking Chevys, I like fucking Dodge, I like fucking this, I like that, I like fucking Harley, I like fucking Triumph, I like fucking this and that, fucking... Dude, but that's what drew me to bikes, was like, I was in the car scene first, and it was, yeah. you know, muscle cars and hot rods and chopping tops and whatever, you know, the whole yeah. deal. But those guys just weren't wild enough for me, man. No, I, I, li- I like the wild side. They're things. fucking... They're, they're, just, fucking, they're just too... Sh- mm. They walk that that straight line. Man. Yeah, they're, they're just, just too mild. Yeah. And, and they get too uptight. And there's these car clubs that are so fucking lame that it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, with this, everything has to be this. And like, they're even wearing jeans. Like, they won't wear jeans that were made after 1945. Yeah. Well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I, no, I get... No. All right. Well, the I take it cough at the bar. Yeah, I take they, it they're back. They're a little, little too hipster influx. Yeah, I take influx. it back. Everyone's got their lane. <laughs> I try. I'm trying. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf and not be so whatever. Dude, my girl. It's not always successful. My girl calls me an angry, crotchety old man yeah. all the time. Dude. Yeah. I'll just go on rants, man. Yeah. She she wants me to make a fucking episode on this thing, <laughs> a, a thing on this thing, just called. You know what pisses me off? Yeah, yeah. Because all day I'm just like, you know what fucking pisses me yeah. off, and I go Absolutely. off on these rants, dude. dude. No, but you know, <laughs> I I. When it comes down to it, I'm I'm into motor shit. Me too. I love Me too. hot rods. I love. It's the people. I love. It. <laughs> I love muscle cars. And there's hot hot rod dudes that hate muscle cars and vice versa and whatever. I'm not gonna get in those squabbles because that's dumb shit. Mm-hmm. I love choppers. And I love bikes. And I love old bikes. New bikes. I'm like, yeah, I, I can appreciate some stuff. Not all of it. You know, whatever. Like, but everyone's got their lane, dude. Like, my lane's different than the next guy's lane. I don't care. But. I'm not going to be mad if some dude shows up on a cool machine yeah. to a machine-related fucking show. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it, dude, it'd be like getting mad if a guy rolled up on a Ducati to a chopper show. Yeah. He's there to see the choppers. Just yeah. don't be a dick to anyone. Dude. Yeah. You know? I only get mad when but they it, get mad if they can't put their bike in the show. Right. Like, dude, you're on a 19 fucking... You're on a right. 2004 Ducati know monster. You, know your place. You can't be in the 1960s fucking... Uh, antique shovel, uh, uh, antique. Uh, Even uh, in the modern chopper thing, antique it's like, chopper dude, you're class. on a Ducati. It's it's yeah. not a chopper. Yeah, it's, it's, this it is what it is. This is a chopper show. Yeah, yeah. And, and people get they do get upset about that. Why can't I bring my fucking 2008 Mustang into the show? Because we're doing a classic car show, and classic fucking hot, uh, classic hot rod and classic chopper show. Right. Like we're trying to curate something. here. Come in, park over there, and come hang out. And fuck yeah, dude. Like you know, but. Sorry, your fucking 2008 Mustang doesn't fit in. You know what I mean? Or whatever hey, it is. Or hey, speaking of the shows, man, um, what's the future for these shows, man? I know you usually do your winter expo. Yeah, well, we usually uh, do full that... speed ahead last weekend. But, right. <laughs> that um, too. So, I was going to get to that next. Like, So here's what happened with full speed ahead this year for everyone. Because we do have a good attendance and we do love that people love the show. And we're, we're bummed. But it was circumstances beyond our control. The pre-party is usually on the USS Salem, the mm-hmm. the, 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 the warship. They canceled all their events for the year. The Brockton Fairgrounds canceled all their events for the year. So I was going to say, fuck it, we'll just go old school and throw it here at Chopperhead. 
But then literally that week, the governor of Massachusetts had no gatherings of more than 50 people. So we just had our fucking balls in the noose, dude. Like, there was nothing we could do. Now, we do our bike nights here. And whatever, more than 50 people show up. But it's not 500 or 1,000 people. Right. So it's different. You know what I mean? But if... It's just not on the radar. It's just, it's not as much on the radar. The town here is really fucking cool, and I would try not to push it too much, you know what I mean? But if we had 700 people here, it would raise flags, you know yeah. what I mean? And it wouldn't even be, the town might not even care, but you'd get these fucking motherfuckers, and this is the biggest aggravation in my life, We got all these people <laughs> now that are fucking rats, that fucking rat people Dude, out. Dude, what the, and it's, it's encouraged like, now. And it's encouraged what and the fuck, fuck you all, dude. If you rat out your neighbor because they, they have their family over and there might be 15 instead of 12 people there, fuck you, dude. You should fucking choke on fucking a big ball of fucking coronavirus and die a slow, horrible, fucking choking, agonizing death. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? I like, agree. I like, agree. I hate... There's nothing more than a fucking little rat fucking motherfucker, dude. Like, you know what I mean? And cop collars and fucking rats, dude. Fuck all of you, dude. Like, fucking die slow, miserable deaths. But that said, you know, so we didn't, you know, full speed ahead had been gaining momentum, had good draw, and I didn't, I didn't know what would show up, and uh, we didn't, we didn't, uh, so we didn't do it this year. But next year it'll come back. Winter shows, um, as long as venues are open, like here's the thing with winter shows, like who knows when venues will be able to open for one, and two, what venues will still be in business. At that Dude, point. It's so fucked up. I heard this week, as of two months ago, and this isn't even a new statistic, 4,000 businesses in Manhattan alone are out of business. So. Dude, that's insane. I don't know. On Instagram, I posted it this week. In 2020, Amazon profits are up 100%. How, yeah, how's Walmart, that? Target are up 80%. And I think Lowe's or something. I saw this post. A bunch, all yeah. these companies are up. Small businesses, 21% are shut down. Mm-hmm. Are closed. Done. Mm-hmm. 21% of small businesses in the fucking country are done. Yep. And guess what, motherfuckers? We haven't even started to see the economic repercussions nah. of this shit. That's coming in like six months. Yep. They're saying 40 to 50% of all small businesses are going to be shut down. Yep. So guess what? Kiss your favorite restaurants, your favorite fucking music venues, your favorite bars. Kiss them all the fuck goodbye, dude. Oh, unless you motherfuckers smarten up, dude, and start like looking at the writing on the wall. Yep. All this shit, it's fucking bullshit, dude. Like, there's a lot of fucking crazy shit going on behind the scenes. I don't know what it is. I can't even postulate what it is. But without getting into politics, yeah. <laughs> without getting into politics from a pure analytical perspective. Oh, dude, it's common sense. It's common. everything's fucked. Yeah. What the fuck it's is common. going on, dude? Uh, yeah, man. economically. We have not seen the ramifications of this shit. That's coming next year. Oh, yeah. So, fucking buy some gold and silver or whatever the fuck you can right now, man, because you oh, know, yeah. our money might literally be worthless next year. Uh, I, I don't know. know. I don't know about worthless, but we're... It's going to be a lot weaker. We're looking at a big depression coming. I Absolutely. Think, I think uh, the last couple... What do they, what do they call the... Uh, we had a depression, then we had a recession or something. Yeah. Dude, this is going to make that look like small time, dude. Nope. Yeah, and it's going to be... And you think it's all fun and games. And that's why I tell all these motherfuckers, come in, like, with their fucking 
Amazon fucking tires or their fucking Revzilla tires. I'm like, Revzilla gonna yep. put that shit on for you, dude? Exactly. Because guess what, dude? I might not be here next year. And what are you gonna do then? You know what I mean? You save seven bucks on that fucking thing? Yep. Fuck you, motherfucker. Exactly. Like, uh, Support your fucking local business. And, yeah. and you know what? That's something that this has driven me to do. Um, I, I kind of moved away from the internet a little. I still do work out of, of my course, house. Of course, dude, yeah. But I, I have made a point to fucking support my local shop, man. Rolling Thunder, where Nick worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where I met Nick. Yeah. Uh, I still support those guys. I mean, I do more business now with them than I did when I was working full-time because I just make sure every penny I have now goes to them. I couldn't imagine if that That's shop awesome, went away, yeah. dude. Yeah. I don't use them for any of their service, but... Dude, those guys help me out. I get to use equipment, and they, course, they yeah. dude, they lend their knowledge, and yeah. it's to me, it's priceless. You you really realize what your local shop does for you when, when it's not so there. many of them yeah. go away. Yeah, when it's not there. Yep. And you're like, oh shit, yeah, I remember. I used to just you gotta ask support questions. the locals, man. I used to ask questions. Whatever it is, too. Like like I'm not saying it from like like I'm a hustler, bro. Like if this shop closed tomorrow, I'll get You'll by. You'll do something. I'll yeah, do some yeah. shit, dude. And if not, I got enough fucking. Shit to do whatever, you know, I, I can get whatever I fucking need to survive in this yeah. fucking world, dude. Like, there's a lot of fucking prey in this fucking world if I needed to prey on motherfuckers. But that said, like, I'd rather choose to do this. But if this gets taken out from under me because there's, there's no way to keep it viable, like, you know, hey, when we're gone, you know, we're not going to be the first shop to go in no. Massachusetts. There are going to be a lot of other motherfuckers that go before us, but... When they're gone and we're gone, guess what, dude? Unless Amazon has a fucking tire installation service or fucking whoever or whatever. Like, you're on your own, motherfuckers. You better hope some fucking asshole on YouTube filmed it and showed you how to do it and did it the right way. Right. And then you know, buy a tire machine. I mean. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, I, or whatever it is, you know. I mean. I just say I know tire my tire machine wasn't cheap. Most, you know? most people like... come in with tires is kind of the main major culprit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, guess what, dude? I'm a shop. Guess what I sell? I sell fucking tires. Right. You know, you think you so saved 10 bucks? Like, I could have probably matched that price if you even fucking asked me. Right. I get it. Sometimes people get shit as a gift or they get a gift card and they use that. But there's way more motherfuckers that are coming well, in tires than, are a than weird those thing, things. But, like, what I tell people is, like... I'm only saying it because, like... For the most part... Like, three I, of them came in today. Like, for the most part, I won't even... Put anyone's part. Like if you bring me parts, I'm I'm generally just not even putting them on. Or I'm I'm gonna have to look at them. Depends. But I'll tell you this: nine out of ten times, people that bring you parts, it it's, costs them more in the long run. I I hundred percent. It, it just does. I can give you case fucking examples. There's probably one that walks through the, the door every week here. Yeah, guess what? If you if if you're buying a set of Ford controls off Amazon. And they're eighty dollars for a Harley Davidson. Exactly. I can tell you what they're not gonna fucking work. No. Nope. And you're gonna spend three hundred dollars making them fucking work. So just buy a good set of fucking forward controls, mm-hmm. and I'll show you which ones to get. You know what I mean, or whatever. You know what I mean. Like it's just it's crazy. It's craziness. You know what I mean. I, you know whatever. Yeah. I. You know my problem is my thing is that a lot of people don't even realize the violations they're doing. Like, if you want to get into shop shit, like I've had guys come in. I spend an hour looking up parts with them. Right. Right? Like, oh, you know, I want to do this and this. All right, yeah, well, this is the one you need and blah, blah, blah. And I see him taking pictures. Oh, what dude. Are you doing? What are you doing? I'm taking pictures of the partner. I'm going to see if I can find it cheaper online. I'm like, 15 years ago, we wouldn't even have had a conversation right now. I was just right thinking that. You, dude, dude, some be... of these old school guys, like Rolling Thunder, would. I mean, they would have. 
yeah, yeah. kicked you out at gunpoint, dude. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, literally, this dude oh would have been on the fucking God. floor. But I was like, let me tell you why that's a fucking dickhead thing you're doing right oh, now. Oh, such a and they get and, then, and they don't even realize it. That's the thing. People don't even realize anymore. People are so disconnected that they don't even see that. And I'm like, I just spent an hour of my time with you to make sure you find the right things. Yep. Now, instead of buying them from me, the guy that just spent an hour of his time, my time's worth at your least knowledge, 70, dude. 75 to $100 an hour, yep. right? Um, if Yeah, because if you, you probably would have bought the wrong shit. No, no doubt. For one. And two, I'm telling you, I have experience with this, this, and this. And I'm going to tell you why this one's the best, mm-hmm. in my opinion, on based, which is based on experience, right. not based on fucking reading some shit on a fucking message board or fucking whatever fucking on a Facebook fucking group. Right. Because a lot of Facebook fucking... Guess, well, guess who doesn't post on Facebook fucking groups? People <laughs> yeah. who are doing shit in real life. Because they don't have time to fucking post on fucking Facebook groups. Exactly. So there's a lot of fucking assholes that are giving bad advice on message boards. Dude, even the message boards. Back in the day, you were able to find some businesses on there. You would find some some reputable guys on there. Absolutely. Nowadays, yeah. you can't find a single one. No. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's hard, hard, hard. It's, and everyone wants to feel better about themselves and be like, well, I did this and I did that and I did that. I don't give a shit about any of that, dude. Right. You know what I want? I want someone to be happy on their motorcycle and fucking safe. Right. And safe one, happy second. Right. You know what I mean? So, and, 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 and so, because especially as a shop, if someone goes out and fucking something fucking happens, it's on fucking me. Yep. You know what I mean? That's a whole other dimension that like people don't realize like outside of hot rod shops, it's like, Dude, motorcycles, you're sending someone out. Their life is on the line. Yeah. Like, you got two wheels. You're on two fucking wheels with no cage or a seatbelt. No. You're fucking dead, dude. That's why I get these motherfuckers come in. They these, want us to these change guys the tire. want to fucking save $50, yeah. dude. Get like, the fuck out of here, man. Like, your wheel bearings are shot. Well, yeah. I don't want to do it right now. Well, guess what? I'm not putting your wheel on your fucking bike. Right. I'm, no, I'm well, not My even guys doing are it. not going to put your wheel on your bike. We're mm-hmm. not doing it. Take it. You don't want to spend thirty fucking dollars or fifty dollars on wheel bearings when you're right. saying you're shot. Like it's I've had crazy. a wheel bearing go out at eighty miles an hour on the fucking highway. I don't wish that upon anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be responsible for you, fucking dumbass, because you want to save a couple bucks. But anyway, low, less, less. You know, whatever. That could be. This could be a whole podcast in its own, just talking about shop shit. Yeah, bro, uh, I mean, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, soon. I know you got to get going. I don't even. Um, I don't even know what time it is right now. But either do I. Um, that means it's been a good, airplane mode. But. That means it's been an alright conversation, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Let's fucking wrap it up. You guys will hear from Truth again. Yeah, whatever. Know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I will. This have is you... supposed to be like a fucking twenty minute episode. Yeah. Well, that, whatever. Yeah. Um, Shit happens. What? Uh, <laughs> what? What do you want to play, dude? You didn't even mention uh, the name of your tattoo shop. Your tattoo removal. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, my tattoo. Tell removal. everyone where to find you everywhere. Right. Well, obviously, if you don't know then you can just check out choppahead.com, which is spelt in the asshole, masshole of ways, C-H-O-P-P-A-H-E-A-D.com. It's, that's the motorcycle shop. Um, full service shop, whether you want an oil change or a full custom chopper built and everything in between, that's what we do. We're in Massachusetts. Um, if uh, you're interested in tattoos, check out Atomic Ink Tattoo in Swansea, Mass. I don't tattoo, but I'm a partner in a tattoo shop with one of my best friends in sixth grade. Um, I do laser tattoo removal there at Atomic Ink, um, but the name of the laser removal co- company is uh, New Skin Tattoo Removal. Check us out on Instagram. Check out Big Truth Podcast and uh, Chop Ahead TV coming soon. Um, 
it's go it's slow going been filming it a couple years it's just i got a buddy helping me uh edit i don't edit well and um and he's not asking me for anything so like we're i'm just kind of like we're just going as we can because everyone's working and got a bunch of got real life in the way and we're getting that out as we can yo i i i'm thinking of something that uh, i wanted to ask you before too did you ever try and tattoo I think it's Chop Ahead Volume Three. You can see me tattooing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on an apprentice, okay. um, and uh, and my uh, my business partner is doing a drunk blindfolded, left-handed tattoo on the guy. Um, yeah, so, I remember that from the DVD. Yeah, so I remember that. That's the extent of my tattoo. The re- the reason that pops up in my head is I'm I'm going after this. I'm heading up to New Hampshire. And uh, I'm going to someone's place that tattoos out of his house. Yeah. And last time we had a house party there, he busted the tattoo kit out, and we just started tattooing each other. Absolutely, dude. You're supposed to it's do that. It's fucking shit. hard, dude. It is. <laughs> it's fucking hard. You know hard. what the hardest part for me is? Just like, how do I know where the needle? The, the tattoo artist <laughs> knowing where the needle is in a big puddle of ink yeah. is like a fucking mystery to me because yeah. I, I'm sure you get it. Like it's probably like. Them trying to weld for us. Like, we know where the fucking puddle and how to move the shit and take yep. beads and shit. But tattooing is just as big of a mystery to me. Because every time I've tattooed, like, like I think the needle's here. You know what I mean? But all I see is a big puddle of fucking black ink moving around. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that is the hardest part. That's the hardest part. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's like TIG welding on the skin. <coughs> you have to know the angle and how deep and fucking this and that. Yep. It's a skill I do not possess, nor do I care to possess. I draw like shit. I'm a concept yeah. guy. I can come up with a concept for shit and cool concepts, but I need someone else with the uh, artistic uh, hand and ability to execute those ideas for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that would be definitely the step one of tattooing. If you're just a bad yeah. artist... Oh, you don't want me tattooing. You can't fucking... You can't take it... You can't throw a fucking tattoo gun in your hand. No. Dude, I, I, I want to end this, but I, you know what? I'm fucking retarded. All right. There's one story that I did want to bring up. This is oh, the only fucking thing. Oh, here we go. This is the only here fucking thing that I, I wanted to bring up and I totally forgot. Okay, here we go. The first time I met you was at the first Gypsy Run. Oh, no. All right. Can you tell the story of... I want to say Keith, but I think you said it wasn't Keith. But I remember it being Keith. Bring in the fucking roadkill to the drive-through. No, that was that was Keith, right? Yeah. Well, that was a group effort. Oh, but, oh no! I used I, I I was thinking it was Christian, but it was Keith. So you want the the abbreviated story, probably, right? Oh I, no, no! This, this story deserves the proper story. So and then and then we'll end the podcast. All right. And this this, this so deserves the first, first this gypsy run. The full deal. Yeah. First gypsy run is pre Walter. Yeah, this yeah. is when so Tag... I think I think it was twelve years ago actually. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, twelve. It was, okay, it was this guy Tag, and his brother Sean from Philadelphia that started the Gypsy Run. Yeah, the day of the Gypsy Run, Sean doesn't even fucking show up, and Tag shows up and is just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I'm like, all right, he's I got all these people asking me shit, blah blah blah, this and that, to run, but I'm like. Hey, man, a run is also a group of grown-ass fucking men on motorcycles. So fucking let's just get to wherever the fuck we need to go. He's like, all right, I'm rolling with you guys. So the guy that organized the gypsy run came with us. 
we went a whole separate way, and we got a we did our own thing, and people were butt hurt at like fucking wherever and this and that, like. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're a grown-ass man on a fucking motorcycle. Amuse yourself, right, dude. Right. It's not hard. You know what I mean? Go find a bar. Fucking go ride around. Go do whatever the fuck you got to do. You're on a motorcycle. You're a grown-ass man. You, you right. can and find we'll your we'll see you at this campground at see the end at the of the day. at the end of the day. And then we'll all party. Talk exactly. about the shenanigans. But they were like, well, we were here at this time, and no one else was here, and blah, blah, blah. And we're getting up at 6 in the morning to get on the road. And I'm like, well, I'm getting home at 6 in the morning, motherfucker, right. so watch out. Right. right. So anyway, so... We went on our own way, and dude, we had the time of our fucking life. We were stopping at water holes, jumping in the water, shooting our fireworks, fucking whatever. And you know, um, you want to even pre 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 pre? I don't even know what it's called. Uh, the bikes that you guys are on too. We just bought at auction recently. Well, the bike From- I was on. <laughs> Oh, I thought you guys had two police road kings. Oh, we might have. We might have. I think there was two police road kings there. Keith was on a BSA chopper. Right. Jay was on a Triumph chopper. There was It was a mixture of choppers and whatever. But me and, me and a couple buddies just bought a bunch of Boston PD decommissioned road kings. Mm-hmm. And mine was um, called the Super Fuzz, and it was painted. All the blue was changed into blue metal flake and then on the bags instead of protect and serve it said to neglect and disturb (laughs) and uh we were just being fucking jerks you know what i mean driving shooting roman candles off on the highway yeah wherever yeah just i had nothing of like useful value in my bags it was just all fireworks and alcohol like that's all (laughs) we were just being fucking dicks so anyway we were riding around we're having the time of our life we get into town late but we're driving, as we're riding, we see fucking, fucking dead raccoon on the road. And we pull over and Keith scoops it up into a bag. Everyone's puking because it's maggots. It's fucking yeah, wet. Dude, it wasn't a fresh raccoon. No, it wasn't fresh. There was and maggots it, half eaten. Yeah, thing. it was fucking gross. <laughs> it was disgusting. So we bring it, we bring it into town. I like, all the shit we did in town that weekend was a whole different story, man. Like, I can't even explain it all. It was well, what, uh, I want to say, was it Magoo or uh, that dude Chris on the panhead pulled that fucking panhead into the uh, strip club, I think in, uh, not Saratoga. Um, anyways, they did a burnout one of the bars. I think it was Chris on that panhead, that red Could be. that red panhead chopper. Yeah. The, even, I, I, don't, I don't even know who he was, but Chris with the dreads. Remember that dude? Oh, yeah, it was one of the Biltwell guys. Yeah, yeah I, he was definitely running with the Biltwell, Biltwell yeah. crew, but... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, where the yeah. Fuck that was... was no Sagartes, not Saratoga. Sagartes. Sagartes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but beyond all that, so and we end up getting to the town where everyone's hanging out, and we just put the raccoon on display like a fucking, like, at a McDonald's drive-through. It's <laughs> on like the board where people order, but it was like it looked like, like, for lack of a better term, and I'm not trying to offend anybody with religious sensibility. But it looked like a perversion of Jesus on the cross. It was like this fucking splayed out raccoon on the fucking... And dude, it smelled to fucking holy hell. Anytime we pulled it out of the bag, everyone in the vicinity immediately fucking gagged and puked. So we're in the field across from the McDonald's. And all we're doing is watching people pull up to the drive-thru. And people are like throwing up in the drive-thru and shit. And then we watch all the manager and all the employees come out and trying to get it. And they were all throwing up. And it was like a fucking Monty Python skit at that point. But there was much more shit going on that weekend that we did. Like, like we snuck into bars and we broke into the basement of a bar and there was a band playing. And we stole all the all this shit from the basement that was like dumb shit. Like, 
like tennis trophies, like weird shit, like weird shit. But we shut all the power off with the band playing. Yep. There, uh, there was a bunch of shit. I can't even. I, remember I, that. I wasn't even. I wasn't even there for that. That first night, I missed actually. Uh... But we didn't end up getting home, getting to the campground till like four thirty in the morning. Yeah. And we came in like guns a blazing, and I remember, the Biltwell guys. Like, we're so pissed, they got up and they moved their tents and shit over, like, away, because we were... They couldn't even handle you guys. Yeah, we were loud and stupid, and then we broke into, like, the the, the place in the campground, and we were just throwing fucking you cans at everyone's tents, just doing just dumb shit. Dumb shit from 12 years ago. I think Statue of Limitations is up. Like, I'm not going to talk about everything, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But we, we just, we were more rowdy back then, you know, it was just, ha- it's just about having a good time, man. You go out and you fucking wild out. Like, we work so hard all day, every day, that when we get out on the road, it's like fucking, fucking months of pent up fucking just working every day. Just So we go fucking bananas, dude, like, you know what I mean? And have a good time. Like, yeah. that's all it's about. Just, but it's like a fucking whirlwind of fucking chaos. And it's like, all you do is smile and jump in, dude, and you're fucking more than welcome, you know? Um... But there was a lot of shit on that. And then Walter took it over the next year and um, called us up. And I love Walter. And he, he'll get mad at me for saying this, but he was like, you know, I want you guys Oh, that to- was actually your officially your best podcast. I forgot about With Walter. Walter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he, yeah. he called was, and he was, was like, cool. you know, I really want you guys to come out, but can you try and not do this and that? I was like, I can't make any guarantees. So we didn't even go. Like, you know what I mean? Because I love Walter. I don't want to fuck up his shit. You know what I mean? But... Um, I figured Sean didn't even show up to it, and Tag was just rolling with us, so we were like, fuck yeah, man, we're just going to go fucking ape shit, dude, you know, that's what we do. I got one more last stupid question that, it's like not even good fucking questions for the people listening. But, but whatever, it's just um, funny. But, uh, is that also where you met, uh, Charlie the Nomad? I don't know. Because that's where I met him also, is on that first Gypsy run. It might have been. Is that where you met him? Either that or one of the smokeouts. Okay. Because I, I was never in a smoke out before that or anything. Yeah, so we used to go to smoke that, That's where we used to go ape shit. I was such a young kid, man, at yeah. that time. I mean, 12, 12 years ago. So the reason I know it was 12 years ago is because they skipped a run, uh, year of Gypsy Run. Mm. And then, like you said, the, the first year wasn't even Walters. Yeah, it was Tag so, and Sean. Yeah, it was 12, 12 years ago. And I'm only, I'm I'm 36. Oh, okay, yeah. So I, I was a kid, dude. You know? Yeah. So, I was fucking 24 years old. I was just getting into all this, you know? Yeah. No, but Charlie, I hadn't seen him in a long time, but he was out with us in Mexico City last year. Oh, yeah. And that was a good time. There was some weird shit going on. There. I know. Do you know about, like, the stuff he brought home? I know. About, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much longer you want to go today, but... Oh, it's up to you, dude. Uh, I'm fine. I'm here. Uh, I don't, so here's the deal. I spoke. I I talked to Charlie pretty often. Right? Okay. Uh, when I was just out west, we tried to connect, but he was working down in Texas, whatever. And I talked to him on the phone. He's he him and uh, Beaner are the only two phone podcasts that have the hall pass. Yeah, yeah. And I've done two with Beaner, and I'm doing one with Charlie. So I don't know if he wants to tell this story or you yeah, want, let him tell or it. you it's, both want to tell it. That's his story. I don't know if he's gonna tell it though. We only we only aided and abetted the story. It's his story. <laughs> okay. But it, let uh, me just say that yeah. pretty much anything you want to buy in a creepy occult market in Mexico City, it's available to you. That's all I'm gonna say. We were in this fucking. This is like. I don't even know how to explain this place. So first, first. Big shout out to our boys Charlie and Juan Pablo and Miguel 
that put on this show called Amanopla in Mexico City. It's a really fucking cool chopper show. Um, and uh, it's cool because Mexico City has this, like, kind of growing chopper scene. But it's in its infancy. So you can see, like, the exuberance and the everyone's so stoked and, like, into it. Like, you know, it's not like here where it's been so long that everyone's like too cool for school like everyone's just stoked on shit like so it's wicked fun to go out to that show they didn't have it this year but hopefully they have it again next year and uh, i've been out the, the two that they had me and uh, i went out and, and beano was at one charlie was at one yeah my boy dan that works at my tattoo shop comes out with me and we were a beautiful mexico city is a fucking beautiful place so accommodating like cool fucking place man like um, Carrie Brobeck from Chopper's Magazine was with us the last one. Hell yeah. This and that. Like, it was a good time, man. And, um, they brought it, we went to a fucking, a luchador match in Mexico City. Like, no. oh, crazy oh. shit, dude. Like, you know what I mean? But their Chopper scene Dude, where so, was it? Where was, where was the wrestling match at? It's somewhere in Mexico City. No, I couldn't tell no, you No, no, no. I mean, like, what was the event like? What was that venue like? Oh, it was like an arena. Was it like a backyard? No, no. It was like a fucking arena, dude. It was like the real dudes. Like, no shit. It was the real dudes, man. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like, so we had always a good time out there. But, um, we went to, like, this tattoo on the side of my neck is Santa Muerte. And me and Dan were like, hey, we want to get some Santa Muerte statues. Did you get that tattoo in Mexico also? No, no, my boy Dan did it. Okay. Um, and uh, Santa Muerte is just like the saint of death, but it's not evil shit. It's like holy death, like a good death, whatever. Look it up. You can Google it. Like an honorable death. Yes, honorable okay. death. Okay. And so um, they were like, yeah, but we have to go to this really sketchy market. And they were like, we got to go to... This, we had to go to Juan Pablo's house first and get rid of our passports. They're like, no. only bring this much money. That Don't crazy. bring a lot of money. Yeah. So we go to this place and it's just this crazy fucking occult market in Mexico City. <laughs> Super sketchy. Like, anything you want. Like, any weird shit you want. It looks like a scene from a fucking movie. But, so there's this weird occult shit. And it's like being at this big occult flea market. But then it's like, also, a, they sell all this Christmas shit. So you're buying, like, fucking, I don't know, let me say, like... Dude, like, uh, dude, let me, uh, I, I just thought of it. Dude, just tell the whole story, <laughs> and on the next, uh, net, when Charlie's on, yeah, he'll tell his fucking yeah. side of the story. Just so tell, anyway, just we're tell buying the these thing. Santa Muerte statues <laughs> yeah. and, like, weird shit, like, fucked up shit, and we're at this one, and uh, the long and short of it, Charlie ends up buying a mummified fetus. <laughs> And then, but the fucked up shit is the lady's like, right. you want a bigger one? Right. She's got more in the back. She's got mama, she's got an inventory of mummified fucking fetuses. I don't know where they came from. I don't want to know. I didn't buy one. Charlie bought one. We helped him smuggle it out in a candle. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say with that. But the next shit over was like Christmas ornaments and fucking Christmas shit. And then the shit after that, the whole, these are, these are sections. There's the occult section. Right. There's the Christmas section, and then it goes into the fucking live animal section. You want a black goat with big fucking horns? No. Yes, you can buy it there. You want a tiger? Yes, you can buy it there. There was a big fucking fucking 55-foot like vat plastic with sharks in it. You could buy a fucking shark. No. Like, there was anything you wanted in the fucking Dude, world. Dude, you guys could have beat the Tiger King by years. Well, so, <laughs> much to the chagrin of Juan Pablo, our host, <laughs> and I'm an antagonizer. I wasn't really going to do it. And I, I really would not do it just because I I 
do love animals like probably more than people. I know it's yeah. kind of stereotypical to I say know. or whatever, but I would never do this shit. I didn't even want to go see certain parts of the market. We didn't even go into certain parts of the market. Because really? I don't want to see it. That's how sketchy it got for That's you? how sketchy it got. But Damn. I was like, so I'm like, Juan, if I buy a tiger, you, I'll just buy it. We can walk around with it for the next couple of weeks, whatever the time we're there. I'll give it to you and you can take care of it for me while I'm gone. And then I'll no. see it when I get back. He's like, no, please don't do that. He wasn't saying don't. He, he was like <laughs> saying, please don't. So I just was doing it to antagonize him. I wasn't really going to do it. But, yeah, if I could have left there with a fucking tiger. I could have left there with a fucking whatever. Like, whatever you wanted. Because so, so there was areas where there was, like, fighting cocks. Mm. There was areas where there was goats. There was areas where there was this and that. And then there was all these plastic sheets. And you could hear fucking roars and shit. Like, there was yeah. shit on the other side of those sheets where it was all the exotic like animals. weird shit. Oh, yeah. Like, Jaguars yeah, and whatever. tigers. Yeah, all that shit. They were like, yeah, it's there. But they were like, if you go there and you don't buy anything, it's going to be a little bit of trouble. So just... They're going to think you're a cop or something. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. like some gringos coming in, whatever. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was already sketchy enough being out there. Like, me and Dan are heavily tattooed dudes. We were in areas that weren't like very, very um, tourist areas. Mm-hmm. We got pulled over in speed traps or whatever traps and like held at gunpoint, AR-15 sh- pointed yeah. at us, cop shaking because they think we're like somehow related to some cartel shit because how we look we're not you know whatever you know what i mean this is, mexico city's fucking awesome anyone should go there and have yeah. you have a good time and you will buy fucking fucking this don't go to restaurants just buy food on the fucking street okay it's the best you have the best quesadilla you ever had in your life and you'll buy three of them one for you one for two of your friends and you'll buy three cokes and it'll be like four u.s dollars yeah and everyone will eat and be fucking full and uh, it's it's the best time of your life, man. It's a good place. Charlie's a good tour guide for Mexico, too, by the way. Yeah, except when he gets so fucked up that motherfuckers have to carry him around. Yeah, just, just you know. say No, wait. No, 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 no. Sorry. That wasn't him. Like, that wasn't him. No, I take that back. I reel it back. I misspoke. That was fucking Jay. A different Jay. Like a Jay from California. I'm not going to misspeak. Uh, Charlie yeah. does get like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no. Dude, he, he honestly saved my ass so bad at no, uh, EDR last year. Yeah. Fucking, dude, I couldn't do a fucking ATM. I couldn't do dick, dude. He was yeah. he was fucking doing everything. Ordering food. Oh, yeah, dude. That guy, that guy is like... Yeah. He's he's the world's in, most interesting man, dude. Yeah. He's, he's been all over Him the fucking world. Him and being good dudes. Crazy, yeah. man. I'm not going to lie either, like... I didn't. I never understood Beaner like before I met him and really hung out with him. But then mm-hmm. in Mexico City, I was like, no, he's a legit dude, man. Yeah, he's a fucking really good dude, and I keep in contact with him to this day. But I remember him from smokeouts and bike events for whatever. Like I've been to every smokeout. Well, had been to every smokeout from like the second one on. Damn. And and then there was an era where we were kind of persona non gratas with the smokeout, <laughs> and we weren't really. You know, and there was a couple of years we didn't go. And you know what sucks is a couple of years ago, not last year, the year before last, before the horse and um, the dude that kind of took over Edge. the smoke out fell out. Yeah, I wasn't yep. going to name names. Like, we went. I don't give a shit. I'm not yeah. tied to any of these people. Yeah. It was really sad, <laughs> man, because the smoke out started, like, you went and you rode your chopper to the smoke out, and it was all fucking choppers for the most part. Mm. And then it kind of got big, and then the whole thing got big, and the whole motorcycle thing got big, and then it started being everything there. And then, like, there was a lot of years, there was a few years where we didn't go, because the last time I had gone, before, like, two years ago, I was escorted out 
of the hotel with like nine squad cars. <laughs> so the whole different story. But um, so and then um, the horse was like, "Hey, come, come on, you know." It, it, We've always been cool with the horse. I know a lot of people hate on the horse. I don't know why. They really were just trying to get their shit out there. You know. I never heard anyone hate on the horse, man. I have. You know what okay. I mean. But um, I was always cool with them. I, I thought they they were the probably the closest representation to this whole garage builder. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, down home chopper scene. Well, I think I mean, what happened was the you know, old horse, like Iron Horse, and the horse. There was like some beef between staff and some people chose sides okay whatever like if there's a magazine that's dedicated to home motorcycle builders i'm all for it but whatever so not to even get into the politics of that shit so um they had reached out to us asked us to come back and uh we were like fuck yeah all right that's cool it's been a long time and i was like so different and so like toned down and so whatever it was actually kind of sad to be honest with you because we used to go there and it was like fucking wild mm-hmm. fucking bananas dude like bananas dude like it was like we would go we were throwing fireworks at cops fucking drinking moonshine <laughs> fucking doing br- like like as nick about it dude we would go yeah. fucking ape shit dude like you know what i mean and it was just like and then it was so tame and it was so like so many less people and it just kind of fizzled out i think every event kind of has a natural Oh yeah, curve yeah. to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, if you look throughout this whole country, there's there's only I don't want to say a handful because there's a few more than that, but not much events that really make like that thirty year mark, yeah, twenty yeah. year mark. Yeah, generally they got five to ten years in them. Yeah, if they're good, see. So but the problem is with good, a lot of those events is that the reason why they can stay is because they still reach out to more of a mainstream exactly. audience versus like the a real small good core. ones. Yeah. The good ones... They don't last forever. No, no, you're getting kicked out. You're getting shut down. Yeah, yeah. Because that shit was fucking awesome. Yeah. So when the when the smoke out first started, you know, they used to be at one location, then it moved to another location, and this and that. I mean, I didn't go to the first one where there was like seven people. Right. I think I actually... No, sorry, I misspoke. I don't think I went to the second one. I started from the third one. The second one, there might have been like 50 people or something, and then the third one, there was like 200. And that's where they filmed the first bike of Build-Off versus Borgette and Billy Lane. Yeah. And they had to get... Everybody at the event there because to make it look like there was people there because it was literally maybe 150 people at the whole event. No shit. And it was so for TV they had to get everyone there and make a circle and they made it really tight so it looked like there was a lot of people but there really wasn't. No shit. But that's TV shit, you know what I mean? And um, and then from there it just fucking blew the fuck up, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, man, it was fucking good times, dude. Like we had. I have so many, so many good memories of the smokeout. So many stories, and I know we were kind of antagonists to there. The smokeout, like the horse and us, always had kind of a love hate relationship. Like, you know what I mean? Like they tolerated us and loved us, but hated us at the same time because we were also thorns in the side. And I get it. You know what I mean? We were young and fucking wilding out. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be the perfect representation of Chopperhead. Yeah, we're just basically like, everywhere <laughs> you've ever gone, you're the wildest cat. Yeah, well, and everyone tolerated you. All of us, all of us. This is a real deal. The only, they only tolerated us. Deal. They tolerated us because they had to. <laughs> right, and that's the right. beauty of it. You got to make yourself <laughs> indispensable. I, I don't know, indisposable. Whatever the word is, like, you got to make it so you can wild out so hard, but they still have to tolerate you. Yep. And then yep. <laughs> that's that's a good place to be. You know what I mean? I mean, older now, dude. We're not. We're not. We're not doing as much crazy shit like that anymore. Now we just fucking drink really hard and fucking shit happens. But I, I guess shit always happens. Even the last time we were there, we antagonized them. 
and we with this thing called the jump of death and it's out the back it's out the back over there and um just to fuck around with them just to, you know just fucking around dude. just dumb shit like we were like how funny would it be we're gonna advertise uh tomorrow at five o'clock because it was a ch- we were you know the whole the the smokeout's like two days or three days or whatever we'll say we yeah, were there on friday, friday. To sunday yep, yeah yep. so we're like saturday six o'clock in front of the chophead booth jump of death you know what I mean? And we started advertising. We made flyers. And at first, the horse was reposting that shit. Oh and then their God. lawyers were like, you can't have an event called the Jump of Death. But it was so dumb. The The whole draw of it was we were drinking, just being fucking idiots. And we're like, how funny is it to just say Jump of Death, 6 o'clock in front of the Chopper Head booth? That's all it was. Right. And it was literally a little launch ramp that any kid would have went over on their fucking Schwinn when they were fucking <laughs> 8 years old. And we had literally motherfuckers lined up down the fucking road ready to go over the Jump of Death. And it was so stupid. Like, it was the dumbest shit. But at 6 o'clock or whatever the time was, you can rest assured, all these fucking... Uh, uh, fucking golf carts full of security and whatever came and fucking shut us down and we were just being di- just totally being dicks about it like you know but just funny you know what I mean and that's so dumb it's one of those things if you were there you would see the funniness of it right like how idiotic it got like and how seriously lawyers took it and it was just literally a thing jump of death six o'clock in front of the chop head booth the funny thing was just to say in front of the chop head booth right. like that's all it was it was funny <laughs> to say that you know what I mean like you know, but guess what? It got a lot of motherfuckers in front of the chop head booth at six o'clock, so it was marketing fucking worked. Right. <laughs> and we have the jump of death right over in the back right now. We kept it. No shit. But what we did later that night, we brought it to the fucking bar and we had fucking panhead choppers, like rigid panhead <laughs> jumping this jump and shit, dude. It was so fucking fun. Oh, I was yeah. like and this is where when things That's what get motorcycle too, events are about, yes. dude. And this is when things get too big and there's lawyers involved and this and that. Like it's like, it's like fucking squelches the fucking fun. Because mm-hmm. we had so much fun at this little fucking rinky-dink bar somewhere in North Carolina. They let us set up the thing. Dudes around the ch- panhead choppers, like, over this fucking jump and shit. Like, we had so much fucking fun. We got hammered. There was fucking... <laughs> and it was off the path, and there was only, like, 20 of us there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we bring the party, like, wherever we go. Like, I don't need to be part of this other show. I just need to be with my friends. You know right, what I mean? And we, right. we'll, we'll take care of ourselves. You know what I mean? Anyone else is welcome to join in, you know? But, like, I don't know. That's that. <laughs> yeah. But nah, you bring dude, the party, that's, bring the that's, fun, that's, dude. A, that's been always been my favorite part of you and Chopperhead. It's like a lot of the shit we talk about, like, yeah, we're fucking crotchety. I, I'm a young kid still, man, yeah. but I mean, well, I'm I got a pan, crotchety old like, man attitude, yeah, yeah. you know? But the bottom line is, dude, whatever you ride, wherever you're from, whatever, whatever the fucking deal is, if you're down and you're ready to party and have a fucking good, uninhibited fucking good time... Yeah. Without worrying about what people are going to think. Absolutely. Fucking come and bring it. That's right. And That's we'll it. we'll be there with you. That's it. We used to have, like, at the old smokeouts, like, if you remember, like, being at the hotels was where the real parties were. Oh, yeah. And I remember we would be fucking throwing our own little circus on. I remember all... The cops came to that gypsy run one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about the smoke is the cops came and no one gave a fuck, and then the cops just gave up. <laughs> yeah. And it, but we would have, like, the hotel... Which was three stories and all the balconies. Everyone was just fucking focusing on the dumb shit we were doing. Like, you know what I mean? Because we were doing dumb shit. Yeah. All the time. Like, but it wasn't like a look at me thing. It was just 
we were unleashing because we were so pent up from working so much and we were just having a good time. Like, yeah. that was our vacation. I'm like, I'm going to make the most of every fucking ounce of every fucking millisecond of the fucking day because I guess what? When I go back, I'm going back to work fucking 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's how it was. So everyone thought we were animals all the time and it was like no we're animals when we're at shows because this is the only time we're fucking uncaged from fucking working 80 90 hour weeks yeah and that's and it's kind of still to this day you know like i don't i don't work less than a 60 70 hour a week you know yeah. what i mean between the two things you know shit yeah. never ends but wouldn't have it any other way oh yeah it's a good way to end it <laughs> yeah fuck yeah man Thank you. I guess you're, you already gave your info. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Let's end it. You if you don't know us, then don't worry about it. You don't need to know us by now. Yeah. Basically, that's what it boils down to. You guys will hear from truth again yeah. sometime. No, no you won't. Know. Who cares? Yeah. He's done. He's done. Just do your shit. He's closing and, the doors next yeah. week. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, if you don't know us by now, then you don't need to know us. Do your shit and fucking make sure you love it. And don't be part of this because you think it's fucking cool. Because it's not really that fucking cool. Like, you do it because you love it. That's it. It's funny, man. That's it. <laughs> it. Like, before Nick left for California, I remember having a conversation about that with him. About, like, this this is getting weird. We should just end it. But, yeah, just end yeah, it. Yeah, I remember, I remember having a conversation with him, like... <laughs> we should just end it. But, people, yeah, I remember having the, a conversation. Just, just the people in general, man. It's funny, like, some people, you don't know if they're real or not in this industry, but yeah. time will tell. Yeah. And no, we, and, you know, and, and there's still... When you, uh, when you, when, like, time weeds people out real fast. Uh, I've seen because so many changes. If of the you guards, don't fucking really love this, there's no reason you ain't to be fucking here. staying in it, dude. It's, no. it's too fucking hard. You, nobody's getting rich. Nobody. There's nothing convenient about it. Anyways, we're we're not gonna go on a, a old man rant here, but no, no. Anyways, um, but yeah, man, thank you for uh, come for coming all the way out here, man. Having some, you know, yeah. you know, just as a quick aside, you know what I did find that made me laugh because I think this is one of the first times I met you. There was a show in Long Island, New York, that mm-hmm. we were all at years ago, maybe a decade ago, and uh, uh, it got covered for Outlaw Biker. Okay, Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember I, that I show? don't remember the show. I remember I've been in Outlaw Biker, though. Yeah, we were yeah, all in it. I've done, I've done <laughs> it Outlaw Biker. It was me, Christian, yep. and my boy Ryan, and we had one of those ice cream cones, because it was for Outlaw Biker, yeah. and I just found that shit the other day, dude, and was laughing my ass, and we had Big Steve, for the tattoo artist from New York, like, lifting his shirt up, posing on a bike, and we just did all kinds of shit to fuck with the readers of Outlaw Biker. Yeah, just all hard with ice yeah, cream. All hard. <laughs> but we had one of those ice cream cones that was, like, the double cone. And we yep. were all taking a lick off at, like, one cone, like, three dudes, like, just to fucking agitate. But that, I don't give a shit in the history of Hardcore Biker Magazine. Outlaw Biker Magazine, sorry. Yep. That's the hardest fucking picture. Because <laughs> I'm wearing, like, a legit World War II helmet. Like, we're, we're, we're off a double cone of ice cream. Look it up. I, I can't remember what year it is or other I would say. But that's the first time I think I met you. Or, or hung out, at least. Okay. It could, it could have been. Um, <clears throat> I know Nick had a few parties at his house. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, sure that it could have been there. I don't even know, man. But I remember I, you I at always that think show. That, I always think of the Gypsy Run because that's when I met the whole crew. The whole fucking the whole. That's when I got the whole chop ahead crew experience. experience yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the circus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. I look back with those days with fondness. It's weird because we're all older now. People have more responsibilities. It's not as wild as it used to be. You can't but, replicate those no, days, dude. But, you know, I get stoked when I see younger dudes doing that type of shit. Fuck yeah, man. Carry on that tradition, dude. Like, 
Choppers is just fucking being wild and fucking pirate life, dude. That's all it is, dude. Like, keep it up. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Fuck that's yeah. That's fucking perfectly put. Yeah. It's a wild what... pirate life. Yeah. Just fucking keep it up, dude. Don't fucking let me down. Fuck yeah. <laughs> or, definitely... or the dudes that came before me or fucking whatever, you know. It's been a pirate life for a long time. I like that, man. All right, Yeah, dude. we'll end on that, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Don't let him down or he'll fucking smack you yeah, when he sees yeah. you. I don't want him, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's